This week in league, Benchy Marshall and Masterstroke wait until after his match-winning performance against the buyer to restart contract negotiations. Waste management company Ramondas doesn't even wait for the ink to dry before they take Ben Pomeroy to the tip. Roy Asatasi packs his jandals and heads off to England as part of the Burgess Exchange Program. And we preview all of the action for round 17 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 127 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, um, I'll tell you what, the feedback thing, it's going fucking gangbusters at the moment, to be awesome. honest. Um, this week is our biggest week yet. People, um, we rolled out the red carpet for feedback and, oh, Jesus Christ, people have gone mental with it. Um, now, firstly, Bryn Owens from uh, England sent us a message on Facebook, was happily enjoying the show, chuckling along with all the banter, loving all the union put down. Such a shit game deserves to be put down. Then I hear something that made me spit out my tea. What's with all the hate towards Super League teams, Nate? I mean, come on, besides the fact that we hadn't invented the game, you lot would be none the wiser in watching the fuckery and retardation you can only see on an AFL field week in, week out. A game so lame the Irish play it. Add to that the fact that Super League is increasingly becoming an NRL recruitment zone and we even refurbish your players, Lyon, Hoffman, Finch, etc., and send them back to win premierships for you, LOL. I'd like to quote the Black Eyed Peas and say, where is love? <laughs> this is what I hate about English people. They're like, oh, we used to, we used to rule the world. Respect us. Respect us. Shut up. Go and have a fucking bath, brush your teeth once a week, and just... Understand that Australia rules the rugby league world now. Your competition's shit, and ours isn't. And using players like uh, Jamie Lyon and Hoffman and Finch, etc., as as the examples, not the examples really. You'd want. That's right. Why I would mean, you bring up three fucking cheats? These are guys that went. These guys. These are guys that went there all in the prime of their career. You know, and you know to to help their club side. So, well, you know, you look at things like um like Liam Fulton as well. Pissed off to, to, to give some sal- ease the salary cap pressure on his side. Came back when they could get him in there. And, and sometimes it helps. It helps in life. Sometimes it makes you feel better about yourself to go outside, find the nearest puppy, and kick it. And that's effectively <laughs> what those blokes did. They went over, dominated in a shit competition, come back. That's what we do. With, filled with confidence. That's what we do with the ESL as well. That's right. It's like, just kick it. Makes us feel good about ourselves. Exactly. Don't, don't begrudge us that. Ian Saguna went crazy, sent us tons of stuff, but this one I picked out here, he said, I'm sick and tired of Billy Romper Head Stomper Slater being a protected species. Again, he puts his shoulder into Nofaluma, but instead gets brushed off like a pig shit in mud. Will someone give him a piece of his own medicine and cause him some damage to his cheekbone again? Hash, Billy Slater is a dirty fucking cunt of a grub. Hash, Tigers on the incline. Hash, Manly Seniors are a pack of Papa Smurfs. That's magnificent. Thank you very much for your input. Um, this is all on Facebook too, so he's lucky that the hashtag thing just started there. Otherwise, yeah. it's really, really fucking stupid. <laughs> I was just thinking about that yesterday, actually. Remember when Billy Slater broke his face? Yeah. And everyone's like, "Poor Billy." Can you yeah. look how hard he's gone at that ball? And you know, Billy, what a what a what a hero! What yeah. a great man. He broke. Yeah. Has Some he's just been that. on a one man fucking mission to break everyone else's to break faces. everyone else's face since then. Yeah, and he'll do it. You know, studs up, studs knees, fucking shoulders. roundhouse kick, jump spinning fucking crane kick in Foots the air to the throat. Oh, just absolute grub. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a little bit odd, but uh, it he was gets nice away to with see him get a lot though. He gets it's away nice with to a lot. see him get brushed. I haven't seen Billy get brushed off that easily since uh, 
T-Rex ran out of the top of him. T-Rex is trampling. That was probably the, the single biggest highlight of that guy's career. Yeah. That was and sensational. And he was just outdone by an 18-year-old, so, you know, unlucky T-Rex. <laughs> Which 18-year-old was he outdone Not by? Far. Killed him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I think T-Rex was pretty fucking sweet as well. Let's face it. Billy's got that spectacular failure in him, you know, that he pulls out every couple of games. And especially, generally, the more important the game, yeah. the more spectacular the failure, especially if he's playing for Australia, as we all know. Um, Gary Cox, driving in the car, listening to you guys, and it sounds like the indicators are on, but they're not. It's that motherfucking clock. <laughs> By the way, wasn't it cute how the Tigers had a couple of wins and we all smiled for Glenn, but now the little Aussie battlers keep winning. It's more surprising than if Jesus himself had come back. <laughs> Bit all over the place there, but I think it's pretty funny, so I think it's the indicators. Look, and he makes a valid point because everyone was like, you know, I used to get, you know, probably, I don't know, 10, 15 tweets after a game going, you know, good on you, mate. Chin up, mate. Oh, well, that, when we were going through our midst of our losing streak, it'd be like, you know, unlucky, mate. Unlucky. And then we won a couple of games and it was like, mate, that's, you know, congratulations, you must be happy, that's great. Now, people all up in my grill. They're all saying... Oh, fuck no. You know, you know Everyone's got sphincters like decimal points at the moment. You know, Suckers. not the least of which, Ben Dunn. Oh, mate, you know, you know, you know who, who's, who's shitting themselves right now? Ben Dunn. He's going to yeah. have my face tattooed on his body when we the, win the comp. Fucking suckers have got their face. Because, you know, at the end of the day, people can go, oh, good on you, Glenn. They're going great. Third last. <laughs> They're still third fucking last. And, and that is the opinion of an ignorant moron that doesn't understand rugby league, Nathan. I feel yeah. sorry for you that you went out on a limb... You're co-hosting rugby league podcasts you are, and you know nothing about the you, sport. You, um, it's, it's sad. It saddens me in see, my own heart. Someone that I love dearly, you'll, like a brother, you'll hang is on so to, fucking stupid. You'll, you'll hang on. You'll hang on to two points from the eight as a, as a thing in quote. You know, two points from the eight, but um, you know, four points from the spoon. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> two two places from the spoon too. More importantly, and I mean, admittedly, Parramatta aren't going to get within cooey off the fucking bottom of the table. I'd imagine, but um, still, the danger still still is there, especially when you start playing teams that actually got their players. Um. Now, Rob Moore. Now, Rob Moore. Last week, um, you, if you remember, he um, he mentioned about you know not selecting Tom or you know back in the county day in England yeah, he yeah. was coaching. So, and we sort of said, you know, I want to hear more about it. He did. He sent us a lot more. So he said, uh, first of all, awesome show, huge fan since pod one, and really does offer a great view of things down under for a Jesus. pom that's not in the true heart of league How at the moment. How around this long? Yeah, I know it's a long time. We even wanted to leave. <laughs> You said on the pod this week that you wanted to know more about my tweet on the Burgess Twins. Well, I'll try my best to explain. I coached both for Kirklees District when they were 13 and George for Yorkshire at 14-15. When I took the job, I was told the Burgess brothers were the best players ever. When scouting, it was clear that George had the talent to be a top-level prop. Not as good as Sam, but top class. Tom, on the other hand, was okay, but basically playing off his name. To be honest, Tom had nothing on Luke, and after playing against him when he was at Leeds, a comparison to Luke is not a compliment. I think Tom looks the part now, and I regret not picking you for Yorkshire because it makes me look stupid, especially when you understand he played about 30 minutes overall for the district in a five-match series. At the time, no one cared as we were a tiny district and won all five for the first time in years, but looking back, not a genius. I still think James Graham is the best out of all the Brits down under. have a memory of him dumping me on my back in a Yorkshire versus Lancashire under-16s game. He was quality then and still is. The best player I've played against is still Greg Inglis in the Australian schoolboys game in 2004. Fuck, he was good. You guys should look forward to Tompkins. The guy's a lot like a Boyd or a Hayne. Uh, not up to Slater standard, but has the talent needs to be in, our, in the NRL to learn how to be the, the world-class player he should be. Hope that clears a, a few things for you. Love the show. Wish there was something like you guys the ESL. There are some great games and things to talk about, but no one like yous. Thanks, Rob. What, what a lot of information. Fucking, a lot of information. What an experience that guy's had. 
Yeah. Did he get bitten by James Graham when he got dumped on his back? I wonder. I mean, did did you know? Did he did uh? What have you told anyone? Yeah, I mean, did he did he get you know facial fractures from Greg Inglis? You know, when when Greg was trying to stop him from hurting himself, <laughs> that kind of thing. And um, is he saying that James Graham is the best Englishman currently playing in the NRL? Because you know, Gareth Ellis, best pom ever. Best out of all. His quote is: "I still think James Graham is the best out of all the Brits down under." Mate, he doesn't oh, put a time. Me, he doesn't put a time on that. You had me until you said that. If you can't put Gareth Ellis above every single Burgess and Graham that's ever been invented, um, you know, You're, come on. you know about rugby league, mate. The top person would say that. There's only one Gareth. That's right. What's there he doing? Is. And what's he up to now? Have you heard of how he's actually progressing over there? No. Someone, someone who's over there in the UK, please enlighten us on um on how terribly Gareth is going and what a shadow of his former self he was. Well, I mean, he could be carving it up over there. Well, I'm sure he is. Don't hear his name said a lot. Ever? Well, how many names from the ESL do you hear? You hear about Beeve all the time. Beeve got two tries for Catalan. Beeve's fucking legend. All the time. All the time. Oh, yeah. That, that's what... Sinfield wins a fucking golden boot for doing fuck all. You hear that too? Look, I'm sure that the Beaver stuff is what you replay in your head over and over again. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone else is actually saying that. Beaver's a fucking icon. In he, your eyes, I'm sure he is, he's, And he... It's, ever, anyone who loves rugby league... Loves Beaver. I love rugby league. I love Beaver, but not Steve Menzies. <laughs> How could you not? One of the true, one of the true fucking law champions of the game. Can we move on from Steve Menzies, please. All right. Thanks. Jacob Curran said, "Just listening to the podcast, and I could not abide this drivel on Cherry Evans. Manly did get the short end last week, but when I heard a shameless plug for Cherry Evans, I just about lost my lunch. And now today, trying to compare him to Reynolds, not to mention the numerous other playmakers who easily outclass him. You need to pull your head in. This guy is wearing the Emperor's new clothes. He gets carried by a good team at club level and should go down in Origin history alongside Pierce as another impotent playmaker. Cherry Evans is shit. Twill is the number one rugby league podcast in the world. I wasted valuable work time writing this. Get your facts right." <laughs> That's, that's the end. Awesome. That, that if the you get end the sack it. from your job, don't come looking <laughs> to us. That, that bit of the end makes the whole thing, I reckon. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and then obviously this is before the origin had been played and, you know, history will reflect that uh, you know, He's 100% Reynolds, right. Reynolds played about eight minutes and, and Cherry Evans had a starring role in the game. So, um, there you go. And, and probably the difference in two sides was Cherry Evans. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jesus he did, he did. He did play fucking great, though. Um <sighs> And then uh, what do we got here? Finally, Jordan Smith sent us an email. Said uh, with the banning, uh, this is that on Twitter is like that Aussie one 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 nine eight. Yeah, so I've with, had many stouses with this kid. He's about twelve. With the banning of the shoulder charge, stamp downs on fighting, and what seems like an endless supply of penalties every week given out by refs this season compared to others, what are your overall thoughts on the direction of the game, and where do you see the game in ten years? Personally, I almost feel like the guys in charge are trying to make the sport more like union. Does Is that really end of the it's, yeah, it's a question. Look, the the fighting thing it was made to look fairly farcical in in the last Origin game. Yeah, um, I think it's massive overreaction, and I think they probably need to take a a hard line stance on some things. Um, I don't think the stance they've taken on the fighting or the punching issue um, was the right one. You know, I can see what they were trying to achieve, but I think they missed the mark. Um, as far as the shoulder charge, again, it's it's typical of the NRL in the fact that they are very reactive. Um, you know, they react 
uh, you know, they they do hold the obviously the NFL in the states. Um, at, you know, they do hold that up as as a glowing testament to how professional sports should be administered, and and in some ways, you know, given the success of that sport, um, as a direct result of the population that they have access to. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, you could see the studies and things that were starting to come out of the states in regards to um, long-term effects of concussions and head injuries, etc. Um, and talk of class action lawsuits and all the rest of it. We've, we've discussed this before, but I think they were just reactive um, to the studies that were coming out of the states and thought, well, okay, we're going to have to, you know, maybe fall into line with that to try and save ourselves litigation in the future. Um, again, I. I see the sense in that, but it has a dramatic effect on the quality of their product, especially with the way that the referees um, interpret that rule, uh, and you know some of the penalties have been given for shoulder charges and and other tackles, etc. And then other ones that are, are far worse than those that have been previously penalised to let go, and it's just a real mess at the moment. Um, and I think they've missed the mark on that. I think they missed the mark on the. On the, uh, the the punching situation, um, you know, they could have come out and, and, you know, publicly stated certain things which probably would have got their point across. But, you know, sin binning four players. Um, Two of which had very dubious involvement in the whole thing. Exactly. Other than watching it. Sin binning four players in, in the, the biggest spectacle of the sport um, in possibly one of the most important games of that series um, in the last decade is um, it's not a good endorsement for your product as far as I'm concerned. Um, And the fact that, you know, it's not so much banning the shoulder charge, it's a way that the referees have interpreted interpreted and administered that rule um, on the field that has created the conjecture and and created the confusion. Um, And again, that diminishes their product as well. I don't don't agree with it. Um, The way that it's handled on the field and some of the tackles that have been penalised are ridiculous. And then when you compare those to others that are let go, it's equally as ridiculous. So it's very confusing. As far as what we see in 10 years' time, I still don't think we'll see any shoulder charges. As far as change to the shoulder charges, the game will be dead if they continue administering it like Like that. Yeah, I mean, because it's just it's not even shoulder charges per se, but like the overall penalties each week that are just so fucked that that put it this way, when you see fans of like hated sides, you know, like Storm and Dogs and Manly blast out there the refs and talk about one of those teams getting fucking gypped, Mm. you know it's bad because people don't want to do that at all. Can you imagine, you know, come Origin 3, again, this is a huge series. Um, this year has been a lot of hype around it. New South Wales um, look ready to step up to the mark. Um, and, you know, it's a huge deciding game. And if we have a similar situation where a yeah. couple of fairly ordinary punches are thrown, um, could be handled on the field by the referee, the, the players get it out of their system and get on with footy, 13 on 13. But instead we sin bin or worse still, send off two players if it if it does. Yep. You know, if, if the Paul Gallon, Nate Miles thing arises again, Paul Gallon will be sent off. Yep. Or, or, you know, anyone f- feeling that role of Paul Gallon yep. as as the, as far as the punch, throwing the punches, will be sent off yep. according to the rule. You know, so what happens, you know, New South Wales, you know, are, are, are going along really well in control of the game. A situation like that arises. However it comes about, Player loses his temper, throws a punch, is sent off. Queensland, with the side that they have, could could definitely exploit that. Yep. And you know, it's eight series 
in a row and, you know, all that happens and New South Wales are felt hard done by because the toughest spectacle in our sport has been made to look a bit farcical, you know, and how do their fans feel? They're back up next year again, you know, knowing that they were right on the cusp of that victory. It leaves a sour taste in everyone's mouth, I think. And again, diminishes the product. <laughs> it's a vaginification of our sport. <laughs> I if, like the way if you, you want, if you want to put a term on it. Um, on Twitter, we had a couple of things dropped in through the through the week. Um, Dragon Punk 12, uh, Mark Braybrook, uh, referential retard, just had a uh, blank face when uh, Badger mentioned Benjamin Button. Oh, look, I'd get so, that. Yeah, so there you go. Um, and uh, where's the other one? Yeah, we had this one from Dashing Dan. He retweeted something from someone else uh, in the VB New South Wales Cup. And uh, a mini scuffle broke out. Four Wyong blokes on little Joel Romolo. Joel won. <laughs> Of course he did. Never in doubt. As as Ottomans do. Exactly, as Ottomans do. So uh, that was good to see as well. What a legend. News. Okay, um... Just something quickly uh, on the clock. MMA underscore Dave underscore Mac, the uh, co-host of This Week in MMA, the other podcast I do, he's piped up again about the clock, hasn't he? So uh, it was he come out and said, uh, trying to do at TWI League a favour and playing an episode to a rugby league fan, mate, talking up your show and then you play that tacky clock noise, hash fuck-ups. <laughs> um, Unless that was Kerry Packer in the car with you, I'm not too bothered. <laughs> Just, you know, keeping it real. Um <laughs> Let's just say that any mate of Dave's is clearly inflatable. <laughs> Probably wasn't really affected by the clock at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ears, ears, were, ears were moulded on, <laughs> painted on, <laughs> along with an always round open mouth <laughs> and other orifices. Okay, um, but you know, I'm, I'm going to keep the keep the the clock stuff on me. I think we should probably put some uh, some discipline around the um, what happens. So uh, what I might do is um, I might put a bit of a timer on the uh, on the clock, uh, not overall on the clock, but just on the just on the individual you know items that we that we well, go through. Whatever. I did suggest that the first week we did. So I'm um, not whatever. not going to put it. I'm not going to actually like you know put you know you guys won't hear it, but um, you know we'll know we'll have it here. I like okay. it. Okay, good idea. Okay, so let's start the clock, and we're just going to do this on a, on a per story basis, of course. So Cowboys. Oh, there you go. Did hear it. <laughs> Fuck me. That was loud, wasn't it? Um, Cowboys forward James Tamau has been fined $1,900 after pleading guilty to drink driving and driving without a license. Now, we all knew that was going to happen. Uh, we all knew he was going to get done and everything like that. But the interesting thing that came out of that was uh, he's also disqualified from driving for 15 months. But they said that um, he also jumped from the driver's seat into a rear passenger seat before police pulled him over. And we discussed this earlier. And you were like... <laughs> Imagine if there was no one else in the car. <laughs> and it just rolls to a stop. <laughs> it just rolls to a stop. He's sitting in the back seat, Sam. Just like what the, up, the, the mags just just grind on the gutter until it stops the car. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks up. What up, pigs? Yeah. yeah. What up, motherfuckers? <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Um. Silly, silly boy. But um. You know, he was good. He was good on the weekend uh, for for the Cowboys. And no I think doubt. he handled himself pretty well out yeah. in front of the court today. I think um, he handled himself pretty well through the whole thing. I mean, apart from the time when he was a fucking idiot. Yeah, and, and drink driving. Yeah. Apart from that, I think he's been okay. Stop, that's it. That's enough time for that. One minute flat. Next, 
Asatasi leaving South at the end of the year to go to Warrington. South Sydney veteran Roy Asatasi has announced he will leave the NRL at season's end to join English Super League club Warrington. He signed a two-year deal with the Wolves from 2014. Um, he's played 206 first-grade games since making his debut in 2002. 122 of those have been for the Rabbits. 25 tests for New Zealand and Samoa. And he's going to captain Samoa at the uh, World Cup at the end of the year. Uh, was a great player for the Bulldogs. I think he's been a good leader, if not the same sort of prop that he was at the Bulldogs, um, given a couple of his knee injuries, etc., have taken some of the sting out of his game, but certainly become a great leader um, and, you know, someone that uh, the other Rabbitohs forwards look up to. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's been I wish like, him all the best in England, certainly. He's like a proto-Gidley, really, because, I mean, he's been injured so much. He has done yeah. a lot of captaincy from the bench. He, he has. I, th- I think he'll go all right in England, though. All right. So, next... Lamatasi granted immediate release to join the Broncos. Manly Jr. I think he was a Manly Jr. He certainly went up through the grades in Manly. Uh, left to the Roosters the same time that our uh, letters did, and um, he has he's had some first grade. You know, he's played a couple. You know, you know what? Probably a couple dozen first grade yeah. games, um, but not a, certainly not a, uh, a, a you know cemented a spot or whatever. And so looks like he's coming up to the Broncos. And I also think the Broncos signed his brother, which must be a bit of a package deal, uh, who is a winger and apparently you know, a bit of a star. And he's, I think his name is Tarsi Tarsi. No way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. How fucking original is that? Fucking hell. What were his parents thinking? Yeah. Um, smacks of a little bit of desperation from the Broncos. I'm not sure what they're looking to get out of that signing. Yeah. Um, I think they, they need more creativity. I don't think they're going to get anything out of either of the Tarsi boys in that regard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With all due respect. Um, but, you know, their forwards, with the exception of probably Friday on the weekend... Um, their forwards probably aren't setting the world on fire. They probably do need a little bit more size, um, and you know there's an opportunity there for him to to maybe make a bit of a name for himself even off the bench there. All right, next, Steve Folks is set to be arsehole from the Dragons. He's going to be the first casualty of St. George Illawarra's poor season as they look to revamp their coaching structure next year. He's an assistant coach to Steve Price at the minute and he's been told his contract won't be renewed at the end of the season. He joined the Dragons on a two-year deal last year to add some experience to the coaching ranks, but with the Dragons sitting just two points away from last place, the club hierarchy thinks changes are needed with Folks likely to exit at season's end. He had some success on the, at the Bulldogs, but if you ask Willie Mason, they probably should have won three comps instead of one. Um, and Who would ask Willie Mason anything? Oh, Willie Mason was quite vocal yeah. in his dis- <laughs> disrespect for uh, Steve Folks, but uh, was pretty good at the Tigers in a strength and condi- conditioning role there under Sheens. But, Were they um, responsible for Hino? Sorry? Were they responsible for Hino? In regards to... Looking like he was basically fucking uh, condom, a, a, full a, of yeah, condom full of walnuts. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I mean, absolutely. Steve Steve Folks is himself a condom full of walnuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, you think you know if they're gonna if they're gonna fuck off un, yeah, un, underperforming uh, coaching staff, Steve Price he gets renewed. Um, Dias obviously plays favourites. Yeah. Given some of the players that have hung Clearly. around there over the years, um, and in, I would imagine Price is probably one of those favourites. Folks, he probably wasn't. Uh, he's a man that speaks his mind, and he might have spoken his mind at the wrong time. All right, and finally, James Roby knocks back the Eels. Uh, English international James Roby's knocked back a lucrative offer to become a long-term hooker at Parramatta. The Eels desperate to sign a quality hooker after Matt Keating was told he didn't figure in coach Ricky Stewart's long-term plans. Another backup rake, Nathan Smith, was one of the dozen players told they were surplus to requirements beyond this season. Uh, Roby, a former Man of Steel recipient as best player in the Super League, was seen as the man to fill the breach. They were desperate for his services, even though he wouldn't have been able to join the club until 2015. Not the first time the Wooden Spoons had looked at England for quality reinforcement 
announcements having signed Gareth Hock and Lee Mossop from Super League. It's understood. He, yeah, he knocked them back over the weekend. Um, this is a new low for Para, considering the man of steel in England be lucky to win the man of paper mache over here. Yeah. Um, still doesn't think that uh, Parramatta is a club for him. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, I saw an interesting tweet from, I can't remember who it was from, so forgive me ignorance, but if you are listening, um, who is going to be playing for Para next year? Um, <laughs> the, same, the same guys as this year, minus 12, plus Hopper Jr. Wow. <laughs> That sounds about right. A um, couple of injuries, they could be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, who knows? You know, they might, you know, they might get Benji. You know, he hasn't decided yet. You know, never know. There's a lot of things that could happen in the future. Benji will never play against the West Tigers in the NRL. I guarantee it. <sighs> be cool. Ever. All right, so there you go. New and improved clock. Uh, I hope everyone likes the new, the new uh, shorter clock as much as the long clock. I'm a big fan of the long clock myself. Does not really. It's not. It's not how long the clock is. It's how. It's how, how well, we uh, use it. The short clock we, does have a special place in my heart. I thought we used it pretty well. It is a bit sentimental. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So on to the main news anyway. Um, first story: Benchy's future. Benchy Marshall is expected to decide during his club's. Can ju- you stop calling him that, please? What? His name's Benji. That's his name. No, it's not his name. His name is Benji. Benji. That's what I said. No, it's not what you said, Nathan. And this is this is what I'm talking about. This is this must be a potato potato thing. Oh. This is how I, mean, I just said Benchy. That's like is that, that's how you pronounce it. I just like you it's are like the Benchy, same person that carries on when like someone Madden. says Dale. Like Benchy Madden and someone says Good Dale, Charlotte. Dale. Benchy the Jerry dog Evans. in the dog in the kids movie. The dogs. Benchy. What are you talking about, Benchy? He's Benchy. Benchy Marshall. He's expected to decide during his club's July 6th round 18 buy period whether to accept an upgraded offer from West Tigers or set his sights on playing in the next Rugby World Cup and Olympics. He received an approach from Super Rugby side, the Blues, to switch codes and return to New Zealand. He intends to make a call before the July 19 clash with the Warriors at Leichhardt Oval. After playing a leading role in the Tigers' best win of the season against Melbourne, he wants to focus on Friday's clash with Cronulla and will then spend the following two weeks considering his future. What decision he will make is unclear. He's seemed happier in recent weeks as the Tigers recorded back-to-back wins over Canberra and Melbourne. Um, the recent run of success, which means the Tigers won four out of their last five, has also shored up the position of Mick Potter, blah, blah, blah. Um, Marshall struggling for form. Quote from uh, West Tigers chairman Mike Bailey. I'm not denying that we've been through a very bad patch, and I'm not denying the fact that when you go through a bad patch, the most vulnerable person is a coach, but we're talking about past history. We're talking about how bad we went for seven weeks in a row, and I've got to say that I was biting my nails ahead of the game against the Cowboys, thinking, not another loss, but we turned it around there and continued to build on that. At the time, I was worried, not just about the coach, but the whole business, and since then, we've been on an upward and onward situation. So, Imagine if I was CEO of the Tigers. They'd fucking love it. It'd It'd be always sunshine and rainbows. (laughs) <laughs> Can you imagine the funeral? Just relax, the guys. Like, it's all right, guys. We've got this. <laughs> Premiership destiny. You'd be what are you talking about? You'd Team be, of Warriors. You'd be sacked by round 10 for your first season because oh, this guy's fucking delusional. He's clearly blind to the fucking, the, the, you know, the, the problems at the club and is not, not, fit, you know, not fit to rule the club. Here's how it's going to play out. Benji's going to carve up the Sharks on Friday night. They're going to go into the bye. He's going to ponder his future. They're going to play it out in the media a little bit to try and get that deal. I think he's going to get an upgraded deal to the end of 2015. I can't see the extra years being tacked on to 2017, given the young kids that they're looking to sign up as well, which I think we're going to cover. Um, And he's going to, uh, you know, basically announce it shortly before the Warriors game, come out and have a blind up, probably get man in the match. That'll be four wins on the trot. And, um, you know, we'll be entrenched in the eight by then and everyone's little decimal point sphincters will be tightening even further. 
Okay. You'll be so, pinheads by the time the Warriors game's <laughs> over. So, um, the fact of the matter is you can't be... It's impossible for you to be entrenched in the eight for one reason. Negative 157 points differential. <laughs> so, even though you are... some big wins coming. Even though you are theoretically two points out of the eight, you're also about... 10th in line if you're on the same amount of points as another. Well, actually, I think you were probably at the worst differential in the comp. So you, you really need a, a, a draw in there or something just to get you one point, you know, different there. So, uh, no, no, we'll be fine. Um, I think, you know, we've shown that we can beat the Warriors 50-0 um, and the Sharks. I mean, then no gallon, no chance. And we'll probably beat the <laughs> bye true. We'll probably beat the bye at 140. So there yeah. you go. Positive points differential by the time we finish <laughs> the, the Warriors game. game and. <laughs> We'll, we shall see. We shall see. Um, but yeah, as you said, the uh, the young guns they've uh, moved to lock up Luke Brooks and Mitchell Moses. They tabled three year deals to both of them to keep them at the club. Um, apparently, they're considered the best young halves in the game and could both make their NRL debuts this season. So Benchy might be benched again and uh, get get these youngsters in there. Run the if side. they keep winning games, there's no way they'll get a run. They're both contracted until the end of the year. Yeah, they're both. Well, he should be. He's a fucking unit. Uh, They're both contracted till the end of next year, but the Tigers want to secure their services in the long term before they hit the open market. They hope they can afford to keep them and upgrade the contract of Benchy Marshall, who's been promised a (laughs) renegotiation to lift his salary cap. I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) I just. I don't understand people pronounce things differently. I mean, yeah, it's it's literally potato, potato. Um, So the funny thing is, they make these two a priority. It really does single signal what they want to do in the future and the fact that yeah you, what you said before I mean like Bench you'll get it maybe an upgrade till the end of 2015 and that might be the end of it for yeah, him yeah well he's already signed to 2015 so all the hyperbole and everything that's carrying on about him playing hyperbole see the hyperbole see you can pronounce things like shit too hyperbole is the word you're looking for <laughs> Benchy Benji <laughs> hyperbole hyperbole oh fucking hell <laughs> this is what see Different horses, different causes. All right. The world don't move to the beat of just one drum. <laughs> what might be right for you may not be right for some. Is it Mr. Drummond? Look at that. Ding, ding, ding. Jesus. You staves off reference. Anyway. hard for another week. Can I just say, there's a lot of people carrying on about... Benji going and playing elsewhere. He's still contracted to 20, the end of 2015. Yeah, so. this is, all this bickering is about actually getting an upgrade on that. On those, well, the, the deal, deal was yeah. that he was going to a get it bumped up financially, but also have an extra two years tacked on the end of it. Yeah. And that's where the Tigers have reneged, given the emergence of these young kids. And um, you know, it makes you wonder, Jacob Miller. Yeah. Like yeah, that all just turned sour. You were calling him the the you know the god in waiting of you know superstar of the future. And I thought he was like, you know he he carved up the twenties. He captained the side. Um, I thought it was a natural progression. Um, and within half a season, he's fucked off to England, and we've got these other two young kids. He's just like just, he, he just turned like he, he went he went from you know Benji Junior. And within like half a dozen rounds of the season, like mm. not even that long, and he turned into like fucking Jared Salmon or something. He got death stared from Robbie Farah and that was the end of him. Yeah, I mean, he could have just gone over to Benji's dressing room. <laughs> I mean, you have not the Tigers, you got, you got options. Not welcome. And it makes me wonder what this, you know, this Moses kid's going to be able to do. Is he going to like, you know, I mean, Moses is, you know, he's famous for parting things. So, I mean, like he'll fit into the two dressing room structure, not really, we won't really bring him back together. <laughs> I'll tell you what he will be doing. He'll be parting some defensive lines and carving them up. Um, I look forward to, to the, these kids um, making their debuts. I'm just not sure, 
you know, with the fact that the Tigers are in the midst of, of what will become probably a 10 to 13 game win streak, I just don't know where the place is for the kids at the moment. They just need to buy their time and, and you know, just uh, hit the ground running next season with the Premiers. <laughs> cool, they'll probably be in fucking England by round three. <laughs> Matty Bowen. <laughs> Matty Bowen. Favourite son, Matt Bowen, has two games to save his career as Cowboys hierarchy confront one of the most complex contract negotiations in the club's 18-year history. After months of uncertainty surrounding Bowen's future, recruitment chief Peter Parr says the coming weeks will provide a definitive answer on whether the fullback magician remains in the NRL next season. Bowen, the most capped player in Cowboys history with 260... Hang on, what did they say? Is that fullback slash magician? Is he a magician in his part time? Yeah, I think. Or do you just walk around the Cowboys leagues club just going, "Hey, obviously this pick this, a card." This 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 article is is packed with hyperbole. Is that now, behind your ear? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bowen, the most capped player in, in Cowboys history with 261 NRL games, is keen to extend his career in Townsville for at least another 12 months. The Cowboys haven't tabled a deal. Um, this one came from the Korean Mail, and they understand that the club's medical reports, coupled with Bowen's training data this season, indicate his reconstructed knees will struggle to cope with another NRL camp- campaign. In how do you get data on someone's knee? I'd say they got a report on how it's all stitching, you know, doctor-wise, and then he's probably, you know, there's. But metrics. it said training data. I mean, there's metrics, you know, different different uh, drills and stuff they'd run that, you know, would be, you know, times or, you know, some sort of, you know, quantifiable performance. Um, now, because he's very popular at the Cowboys, of course, um, the club's reluctant to push him out the door. However, D-Day has arrived. His upcoming performances will make or break his contract hopes. He could rush back from knee surgery against Canberra on Sunday, although it's more likely the subsequent games against Manly and Brisbane will determine if he's forced into retirement. Uh, Parr said, in the next few weeks, we can make an assessment on where Matthew's going. Matthew and I have had a fair few discussions about it, so we're all clear on where it's going and what time frame will be. It's gone on a bit longer than it has for a normal NRL player because of the status he has, not only for the club, but throughout the region. We'll continue to show him the respect he deserves. Clearly, we're getting closer to a decision on whether he continues to play at the club or not, but we're giving him every opportunity. Um, I don't think Matt Bowen will stand up under that pressure. I don't think so either. Yeah, um, I think it'll be in England. Funny thing is, they, they say that they have a salary cap room to accommodate him, so it's not even going to be like, oh, we can't afford it. It's no. just like, not good enough, Matty. Well, I guess at the end of the day, if you know, if the the scientific facts are there that he, he can't handle it, I yep. mean, you can't just carry someone in this competition yeah. because he's a nice bloke and because he's got a lot of fans. And he certainly won't. You won't end up in another NRL club. No way. No, no way, no how. But, you know, I think... Matty Bowen has uh, since certainly since his, his last couple of knee injuries, he he has uh, gone missing for periods of seasons. Yep. And I think when the you know when the heat's on in this sort of situation, I don't think he'll respond well. And it's a bit sad. And I think he's a he's been a great ambassador for the Cowboys, certainly with the Indigenous community. Um, and he's achieved a lot in the game, but. Uh, I just don't think if that's going to be the criteria by which he's going to be assessed for a new contract, I don't think it's going to end well for him. Yep, agree. All right, next. Uh, Rabbits, a change of heart from the state government is set to force the South Sydney Rabbitohs from their spiritual burrow at Redfern. With the hopes of building, get this, I mean, why people use his name, I don't know. With the hopes of building a centre of excellence... 
next to Redfern Oval that were dashed a month ago. South officials have turned their sights to a proposed $19 million high-performance centre in Maroubra. They opened talks in June with Randwick Council, which last week passed a 14-to-1 resolution to push ahead with plans to construct a multi-purpose facility and new training oval at Heffron Park. Uh, Schoolboy League powerhouse Marcellin College currently holds a lease over the proposed site and has shown an early willingness to sublet part of the venue for South Sydney's exclusive use. Expected to take three years to build, the facility will accommodate the club's entire operation, including football, administration, charitable arms and merchandise. Um, now, they um, basically what's happened is... Um, they were, they were encouraged to devise plans for this centre, um, which uh, the state government, they planned to replace a housing commission block on Elizabeth Street opposite Redfern Oval. They spent 50000 Where are all the houses going to go? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, 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 hired, oh. they, they, they hired former Australian test cricketer Graham Watson to draw up plans that were never publicly released, spent fifty grand on that, and now they've uh, basically passed these plans on to Randwick Council, and they'll probably shoehorn that set of plans into this Heffron Park development. I'm worried about the houses. Well, now the houses aren't an issue because that's not going ahead of opposite Redfern. This is down in Maroubra now, so it's already a park. Oh, so the houses they're okay. lived, lived for another day. They're all right. Literally. They're going to be just fine. For another day. Yeah. Day after fine. day. That's what they do. Um, I think it's good. I think it's a good initiative. I think every club should have this sort of facility to uh, operate and train out of. And uh, I think, you know, it's probably... Um, you know, the NRL's probably 10 years, missed, missed the mark by about five to 10 years, yep. considering, um, you know, you look at, and again, they've got the population to sustain it, but you look at some of the facilities that American sporting teams operate out of and train out of yeah. um, without necessarily just the, the, the building that they play in, um, it's it's pretty impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the Rabbitohs, I'm surprised that the Broncos don't have a bigger facility. Like, they train out of Red Hill. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I would have thought amazing, if anyone amazing, was going to yeah. have... Yeah, well, if, the, if the, anyone was going to have a facility that was setting the standard, it would be, you well, know, you think a rich the, club like that. You think the, the, the closest thing to that, I mean, you, you know, formerly, you know, what was the, the Titan Centre of Excellence? Mm, broke. I mean, yeah, you, you've been, have you been in there? No. It's a, you know, it's good. They've got, like, you know, they've got, like, the, the catering in there so, like, players can get whatever they, mm. you know, whatever they need to eat. And then they've got the pool inside. They've got the gym. Like, everything's what the admin were in, you know, up there sure. as well. And then they had that store that, you know, just as you walk past to go yep. to the ground, yeah? Probably the closest thing to it. I mean, I know Manly are based up at Narrabeen at Institute of Sport up there, which, mm. is, you know, probably got reasonable facilities, you know, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen that there. But other than that, it's The really Bulldogs thing like, at Belmore is yeah, pretty well, that's impressive, too, isn't, isn't it? Yeah, mm. And they're pouring a bit of money into that too, so... Yeah. I think it's a good initiative, and I think, that you know, that it's a, a sign of, um, you know, clubs taking professionalism to the next level, and um, I support it 100%. I think it's excellent. I think every club should do it. Yep. Okay, just a bit of a suspension news. Uh, Josh Dugan, he's going to be out for a week, and uh, Cowboys forward Ashton Sims will miss two after both players took the early guilty plea at the judiciary. Uh, Dugan was a situation where um, he he got done for a shoulder charge on Matt Moylan in the Dragons' loss to the Panthers, uh, and he was risking a two-match suspension if he fought it and lost, which would include uh, Origin 3. So he basically took the plea just to remove all doubt from it, so he's going to miss the one game. Is Jared Hayne going to be fit for Origin 3? They say yes, but, you know... Dugan might be arsehole anyway. Well, I yeah, think... Yeah, the Dragon's going to feel about that then. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't think he's going to get arsehole anyway, even if Haynes fit. I'd say they arsehole Merritt and put him in. Because I don't think... Oh, I don't yeah, honestly, Ferguson point. coming back, and I mean, ain't no way Merritt's coming back. <laughs> no way, no how. Um, 
But yeah, so Steve Price, the Dragons coach, obviously he knows the value of Dugan at the club level. I mean, when Dugan plays for him, they have a chance of winning. When he doesn't, they get smashed. And um, they wanted to actually fight the case, but Dugan's uh, opted against it. So Interesting that a player that's been there eight weeks, or whatever it is, Says what's has, gonna, has got such you know, influence over the club already. Well, Price said he's going to cop the week, which is a little bit disappointing. I feel there's been far too many inconsistencies with the shoulder charges this year, but it's a decision Josh made, so it's what we're going to run with. Because Josh is the fucking boss. Yeah, Where did he make really? that? From the throne on top of the fucking roof? Yeah, well, with a little cup holder for his breezer? Well, it is, it is, it is the, uh, the most high position there in the, you know, in the Dragons, literally on the roof up there. Unbelievable. Um, it's 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 a sign of, of the Dragons hierarchy having lost control and, and trying to um, wrestle it back by sacking Steve Folks is, is not going to happen. Yep. It's not going to make it happen if you've got players making these sorts of decisions. At the end of the day, that decision should be made wholly and solely by the club and the players should respect that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Ashton Sims, I mean, you know, with him missing two, two matches, I mean, you know... Cowboys side now strengthened for the next couple of matches. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't push for more. Yep, he was facing no, three mate, weeks. Surely maybe. that's that's worthy of six weeks. Yeah, ten. How long is the rest of the season? <laughs> <laughs> Will we make the finals? We need to pack another four weeks on there just in case. But yeah, um, he he was going to get three weeks uh, for Ning Nathan Stapleton, but, which was uh, a pretty grubby act, I have to say. It was pretty bad. I mean, like I was when it actually. Eats where blind. It was unintentional, but geez, when you look at it, I've looked at it on replay a number of times, and I swore blind it was Robert Louis, and then I was like, oh no. It was a guy laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a guy laying you know, this, this pregnant, the pregnant chick, you know, ran onto the playing service. <laughs> and uh, Nathan Fien, he's uh, he's free to play next week. He took an early guilty plea to a dangerous contact charge following an incident with Lewis Brown. What's happening with Nathan Fien? Is he getting arsehole? He should be. I mean, he doesn't... Yeah, well, I mean, I, I know that he's fairly um, universally panned by the, the fan base. Interesting to... Um, Dragons, they, dragons can turn on a player, can't they? Yeah, there's there's a real lack of loyalty there. They can really the dragons, they, like, and this is this is going back years. I mean, they can they can turn on they can turn on someone. You're seeing it more and more. But yeah, they they all still love Ben Crow. It must be just you know it must be just a symptom of what happens when teams are you know not performing and they're down the bottom of the table. The fans they haven't got wins to distract them from you know whatever paper over cracks or and so they just start just going fucking. Yeah, right, mate, obviously it's not something I can relate to. I've stuck solid by my team. You know, <laughs> I haven't stopped calling them as, as premiers the whole year. So, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know what you're referring to, Nathan. Well, people who listen to the show will know that you have had to say, you say about Adam Blair several times. <laughs> so, you know, same diff, I suppose. Same diff. Recaps. Now, first, um, we didn't do a uh, State of Origin one uh, after Game 2. And honestly, looking at the statistics of the Origin ones, it's, re- it's weird, but like barely, maybe 30%, 25%, really? people that would get the show on a weekly basis get the Origin one. I mean, may as well just jam it into the, yeah. the week after, that, if, you know, if that's the case, rather than rush out a special one. Um, if there's demand for it, obviously we can return to it, but I'm um, just not seeing it as far as the stats are concerned. Um, so anyway, game two, the uh, Queensland 26 defeated New South Wales 6 at uh, Lang Park in front of a crowd of just shy of 52,000 people. Which is funny because what was the game there that had um, 
oh, just over 52,000. I mean, the no lines one, test. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, underselling it. Sort yourself out, Suncorp. Um, <laughs> Queensland's points came from tries to Thiday, uh, double to Fluffy. Greg Inglis got one. Uh, three of four conversions to Thurston, two penalty goals. And New South Wales tried Brett Morris and conversion to James Maloney. Pretty dominant from Queensland, I thought. They yeah. started out, jumped out of the blocks very, very quickly. Um, targeted James Maloney early on in the game with um, some some forwards running on the fringes, uh, particularly Thide. Pretty much Thide, yeah. Just Thide. I think Thide probably had his best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, he kind of disappeared a little bit, you know, in the second half, and even probably about from 30 minutes onwards. I don't know if he just, like, put it all out there for the... But, I mean, yeah, he was Maybe good. that was it, but... He looked, I mean, like, it just looked, you know, 14 minutes or 15 minutes in the game, you would have gone, oh, you know, Thiday man in match. Hands down. Yeah, true. But, I mean, he's never, he's never been an 80-minute dominant player. Yeah. Given the t- the way that he plays. Um, I was really impressed with his performance um, to start the game. And it really laid the platform for Queensland. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, for New South Wales, there was a few lapses, um, I think maybe the nerves or, you know, wanting to shut the... Me- there was a lot of hype around Nathan Merritt in the media as to how he was going to handle Greg Inglis. I think it got into his head. And oh. I think he, he went right out of his way to make sure that Greg Inglis wasn't going to run over the top of him. But um, unfortunately, Greg Inglis didn't really get the ball and it was sort of bypassed him and went to Fluffy and two mm-hmm. tries later. And when Inglis got the ball, he still he still got past him, no yep. problem. You know? So it, it happened pretty much... Laid out two scenarios, lay out like a, a joking, like supporting my team scenario. Then I laid yeah. out the real talk, mm. and the real talk pretty much happened exactly the way that yeah, I said exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even you know, in the second half when they put the kick out um, to wingless one on one with him, and, and poor Merritt didn't even have a hope in hell of getting it. Um, I think Daly probably, you know, as much as any of the players, or more than any of the players. Um, Probably didn't handle the occasion too well. I don't think he managed his um, his bench particularly well. Um, I don't think he got the best out of Aaron Woods. I, I don't think he played him enough. Yeah, Aaron Woods was hopeless in the time that he was on the field, which wasn't very long. Um, yeah, but that, but I mean he got he got pulled as well because he was hopeless and they needed to, you know to make a change too. He was completely one hundred percent ineffective. Like Luke Lewis was probably. And like um, not I even trolling, he was one of the best. And like not even trolling like you because of West Tigers, he was just fucked. Like I thought he'd be good. But he was just shit. I mean, but he wasn't shit as merit. I mean, that's the worst debut in, or the worst game in New South Wales history, I reckon, for a single player. Jeez, that's a big call. Um, Hard to thought, worse. Um, yeah, I've seen people, and as they want to do, you generally have your two camps as far as the hooking position goes for New South Wales. Um, you're either a Robbie lover or a hater. There's really no in between yeah. with the bloke. I just don't I, think that the, the, Ennis isn't the option that he was though. I don't no. think I don't think they're neck and neck anymore. The thing was. With the way Queensland started the game, um, you know, and people say what they want about Aaron Woods and, and not making many runs. F- fuck me, New South Wales. How many sets did they have in the first twenty odd minutes? Yeah, and this, and, that's, and how, how much impact can a, a prop making his debut yeah. making that? You know, with those sorts of stats up against him, I think people have probably been a little bit harsh. And certainly, as far as Robbie goes, he made seventeen tackles in the first fifteen minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, how much you know impetus? You know that was going to then put on his attacking game. Um, you know, I, th- I think, you know, he's... And he, I think he made around 40 to 50 tackle mark in the, in the game as it was. Yeah. Um, and they they pulled him at one stage to give Reynolds a run. So, 
Um, yeah, I just I don't think New South Wales really ever recovered from that opening salvo from from Queensland, and and they really put the foot down and and I hate to say it and were dominant. Fucking first carry of the game that Thaiday got drops the ball cold. Penalty for strip. There's no strip. Wasn't even close to strip. That put Queensland right on the attack, mm. and then New South Wales had a situation where they should have got a penalty or whatever, and it went the other way. And then that's when the first try was scored. Yeah, and the first they, two fifty-fifty oh. calls of the game went oh. Queensland's way, and and that know, was exactly what they didn't need. Oh, exactly. Like, I think they were they were up against it to start with. Yeah. Um. And and those two calls. And the game was the game was over fifteen minutes into it. And, and then again, after that, I mean, people saying you know fucking calling it rigged and all the rest of them. I mean, at the end of the day, they're fifty fifty calls. The ref has to yeah. make a call on the run. They do love a fucking they do love a fucking live third game though. Well, of course, but <laughs> I, I, I refuse to and they certainly to subscribe didn't leave to that theory. And but they, they certainly didn't leave this one in much doubt. <laughs> no, um, yeah, disappointing result. But you know, I was adamant that that. New South Wales weren't going to get anywhere near Queensland in this game, and uh, in sorry, in game two, and and Klein I'm and Hayne equally as uh, sorry, and Klein and Hayne delivered for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm equally as adamant that this third game is going to be an absolute war. I think New South Wales will learn from that experience, and and still have the confidence that they gained from game one, and and they'll really come out, and it's it's going to be an absolute battle, and I think it'll go down as as one of the great Origin games. Um, if it's refereed correctly, and and this one wasn't certainly as looks far like Hayne and Hayne and uh, and Klein and Begonskis for game three, I think. Sure, which should uh, be a big improvement. The hopefully. incident, you know, we've got to talk about the incident as far as um, Trent Merrin uh, reacted to Brent Tate um, pushing, yeah, gave him a couple. Yeah, which you know, English has come out and called it a dog shot for someone that's played vast majority of his career and certainly a lot of his representative games with Billy Slater, I think that's a bit harsh. And also, I, I, I say, no one can ever talk about dog shot in reference to, to Brent Tate after the fucking widely, cir- yeah. widely circulated picture when, like it was Hodges, had had, uh, had player pinned down on the ground yeah. and his face is literally pinned on the ground and then Tate comes down and just drops a massive fucking right hand right yeah. in their cheek. Exactly. I mean, come on, that's that's the worst. That's one of the worst, you know, dog shots in the history of Origin. I reckon. Exactly, I, I'd agree with that, and you know, I obviously support the Maroons, but um, the reaction um, to to Sinbin, um, not only Marin, but also Hodges, Bird, and and Tate. You know, when Hodges was probably guilty as well. Um, one of the, one of the Queensland players angles, was because you could definitely see on a certain camera angle, angles weren't great, but I, I'm pretty sure you Hodges could see like a couple of You could see yeah. like pumping uppercuts um, in there. Yeah. Yeah, Bird, I, I fail to see what his he was dramatic just, involvement he was. He was just cheering. Yeah, I mean he was. Like, and yeah. then Tate, um, you know, was a bit the same. He probably reacted aggressively um, in the tackle as far as um, pushing one of the tackle players off. But um, sorry, one of the, one of the tacklers off, but. I mean, at the end of the day, if that's a reason to be punched in the face two or three times, and then and and B to be simmed in for, yeah. um, I think that's a big bit of a harsh call. But um, I think Queensland were, were fairly dominant regardless. But you know, there was, as I said earlier, when we were covering, um, when we mentioned the the sin binning and how it was adjudicated, you know, you'd hate to see that sort of thing happen in in game three and and have a, a huge bearing on the result. Yeah, um, exactly. I think the fans deserve better. The rugby league deserves better uh, to have you know basically a deciding game in the pinnacle of their sport um, decided by the you know essentially the thirty four players that take part in the game. So 
Exactly. And you just want to have it. You want to have a game that's actually a game. This one wasn't a game after, you know, probably 15, 20 minutes of the game. I mean, it was pretty much just like going through the motions both ways. Yeah. So, you know, the things like that, when you just take it out of it straight away, it's just, it's just boring, you know. So, because it was, you know, pretty much in no doubt. Anyway, let's move on to Friday night football and uh, kicked off with uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs 32, defeated the Canberra Raiders 2 in front of a crowd of just over 11,000 people. The Rabbitohs tries came through. Sam Burgess, Justin Hunt, Isaac Luke, Nathan Merritt, Bryson Goodwin, Dylan Walker. Uh, Reynolds, three from five conversions. Bryson Goodwin was one from one. Defeating Canberra Raiders 2. Jared Coker, penalty goal. You could see where the Raiders were coming from as far as taking the two early in the conditions, but... Unfortunately, they underestimated uh, South's confidence in their ability to get the job done. Didn't quite pan out. Um, their, their, their confidence is obviously sky high at the moment. The conditions were horrible, and they weren't really conducive to a team scoring 32 points, but they ran it up anyway, and um, the Raiders really had no answer, certainly through the ruck. Isaac Luke had a great game. Um, he got those big forwards. Um, Sam Burgess opened the scoring um, with, with a pretty barnstorming run through the centre, and um, and they just kept at it. And then when it certainly when it went wider, they um, they really struggled to contain the outside backs of the Rabbitohs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the Bunnies go, they really are the complete package. Um, I know you're loath to give them too much credit, but um, it's really going to take an impressive dis- display to stop them. Um, you know, make going deep into the finals, uh, if not winning the comp. Well, they're certainly um, they're certainly going to you know f- figure in the final four teams. I think you know playing for a position in the grand final. Sure, I think I'd almost guarantee that unless they fall in a massive ditch. I think you know the fact that they haven't haven't won a comp for so long. Um, you know, they haven't made a grand final in in so long. Um, I think maybe the expectation of their fan base. Could you imagine if, if you know? Speaking hypothetically, but if they were to make the grand final, can you imagine the pressure of that week with mm. that fan base, with oh, everything yeah. they've had to endure for for so long and all the rest of it? The, and, the and media can, will be all imagine, over. Can you imagine how annoying it would be for for you know fifteen teams, the supporters of fifteen other teams? <laughs> well, the media will be all over yeah. it. Oh. Um, that's got to have an effect on and players gonna, that I, haven't been there before. I haven't. I hope it doesn't happen. You know why? Because I don't want to hear that fucking bullshit about the. Yeah, South's going well, you know. Oh, pride of the league and glory, glory and all that bullshit. Um, You can't argue with the ability of their football team, their fan base aside. um, They've they've really got the whole package. Inglis, obviously, um, he brings the X factor um, as well as you know he's he's their best player. Um, Yeah, but you 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 know say say you injure Adam Reynolds. Well, as as happened happened last year. Watch what happens. Um, he he is he is an absolute gun player. Yeah, Adam Reynolds. Um, I think we might see um, a bit of an interesting take on on how they progress towards the back end of the season. Maybe Reynolds will be rested a couple of games um, just to help him handle the the rigors of it. Yeah, it's not um, like he's a warhorse forward or anything though. That has you know massive you know physical toll either. Yeah, it's just you know with last year's experience, maybe that's the reaction they'll have, or maybe they'll just opt to run him out and say, well, you know, hamstring's one of those things you can't do much about. Exactly. Um, and, and, and run the risk and, and try and play him all the way through. Um, on top of that, the Raiders are horrible. Um, they've got the forwards to to really... Well, they have the forwards to, to have made a game of this really, especially con, considering the conditions. Um, it probably lended itself to, to being a real forward battle and they have a great forward pack, but... Um, Fergie's they just, killed them. Sorry? Ferguson's killed them. He really has. They, they're just horrendous outside of Canberra. 
and yeah. and they just can't get it done. Um, and you know, for whatever run they might make towards the back end of the season, based on their home form um, and jagging maybe a couple of away victories, if they were to make the eight, it's going to be in the bottom half, and they'll be blasted out. They can't play away from home. Yeah, so. cannon fodder. Yeah. Okay, Twitter, Mad Dog underscore No Space. I prefer listening to Mup Twenty Three lie about the Titans' premiership chances than watch this match any longer. Ash Vuvuzela, Ah Popsh. What the fuck is with the soccer chanting in the background from the Bunnies fans all about? Hash, South shouldn't be in the comp. <laughs> Big underscore redness. Wife has officially put me on suicide watch. Hash, you're <laughs> killing me, Raiders. Uh, Benny27. It's been a bad couple of days for the nation's capital. First the K-Rod Gillard show, now they get hammered by the Bunnies. Sweet Nigel B. Cheer up, Raiders. You were ahead by two for a while there. <laughs> Mike underscore... Generally, he's like... Uh, 14 types of boring Nigel B, but every so once, every so often, once in a while, he'll come up with a little piece of gold. The ego, ego's all right. Uh, so, yeah. so, you know, I, it's just different. All those free blowjobs he's giving you is really paying off. He's You're like, like John Laws. He's like, yeah. Fucking cash for comment. <laughs> Golden Mike. Mike underscore existence. You know what I hope this, you, you know what? I hope this shit stings and he's at Fergie Ferg too. You really let the fans down when we need you on the field. Hash no attacking options. Uh, we got Mr. Nilsson, 27. Origin match payments, 30k. Merritt got 10 grand per try conceded. So he's just throwing that at throwing that at Merritt just because he happened to be playing on Friday night again. Um, we got uh, oh, and this is what this is uh, something we haven't spoken about yet. But uh, Shane Aaron Elvis uh, said to him, said Souths gave the Superman logo a little credibility after it was corrupted by the Melbourne scum, and then he actually has tweeted at Melbourne Storm. Ash, real talk. <sighs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> I love people that just go straight for the. I just Jaguar wonder how the up. how the Melbourne. I can see how South ended up with the Superman logo. Well, clearly, on the yeah, bosses in the, in the movie. Um, how did Melbourne get the gig? Probably just superior marketing, uh, yeah, marketing stuff. But I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, the Melbourne one looked a thousand times better. And you know the how low can probably lend itself to and it. And you know how low I am to be positive about anything yeah. involving the storm. <laughs> and yeah, I. I I didn't mind the South jerseys, to be honest, but I think it's the Melbourne one for two, though, too. Yeah, it yeah. sort of loses its. Uh, I think it loses its impact a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's only one team that should have S's on their chest, and that's the West Tigers. That's all I'm saying. Because they are a team of fucking Superman. Oh no, no, literally Adam, Superman. Adam Blair, it's not Superman. Tedesco Lawrence. Maybe he's, he's a Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. Uh, Troy underscore 79. Very happy I decided to go and watch Man of Steel instead of sitting through that shit. Ash Raiders in decline. Um, and there we go. That's it for that game. So we move on to the next one. West Tigers 22 to feed the Melbourne Storm 4 at Leichhardt in front of a crowd of 5,288. Oh, let me just let me just put an asterisk on that, as I love to do. Let me just say, say that fucking West Tigers fans can't even travel to their home games. <laughs> Um, Northern Eagles pulled a bit more crowds than that. Yeah, not in those conditions, mate. In there, I mean, not in those the conditions. Central Coast are actively rejecting the Northern Eagles, and they still got more than that to games. <laughs> the, the weather in Sydney over the weekend was abysmal. Yeah. Absolutely abysmal. I'm, you know, all I'm hearing is problems. I'm not hearing solutions. <laughs> I'll give you a solution. West Tigers won the game. Who cares? No, they did, and, yeah, and they, continue, they certainly continued their... Um, their, their, their lucky streak at the moment of catching teams at their worst. But they say their lucky points... streak, I say, you know, dom- domination of the competition. <laughs> so. Tim Simona got a try. 
Benchy got a try. Blake Ashbury got a try. David Nofaluma got a try. Uh, conversions, uh, two from four for Benchy, and he also got one from one penalty goals. Uh, Melbourne Storm, uh, try to Maurice Blair, and uh, a miss. No conversions for Cooper. And, of course, Cameron Smith wasn't there. And fuck me, how important is he to that side? I mean, he is kind of... He's, he's the everyone absolute knows he's a great critical player. cog. Every, everyone knows he's a fantastic player, you know, you know, let's not make no mistake about it. I mean, he's a cheat, but he's, he's a fantastic player. But the, just, you talk about the spine of a side, that, mm. the, he's the fucking spine all by himself. And all the vertebra. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and the entire nervous system and yeah. <laughs> everything. I mean, uh, look, Crock and Slater are ordinary without him. Following on from the from what the Bunnies did on on the Friday night, another Premiership powerhouse showed how to put points on in the wet in this game, and, and the Tigers, um, you know, they're a young side, they're full of confidence, and they're they're a dangerous unit at the moment. They're knocking off all comers, um, you know. When you throw a lion-hearted captain like Robbie Farrer and and you know the world's best player who's starting to remember how good he is into the mix, it, it, it you know I've crunched the numbers. Adds up to a premiership, Nathan. Not, you know, <laughs> I can't see it happening any other way. Um, one oh. thing I will say is that that you know we've spoken the retention of Lottie. If, if there's been no announcement as to what they're doing there, yeah, um, they're still talking about him coming back. They keep, acting, they keep acting, acting like he's going to play like inside this year. That he's still part of the team. All right, he's still going out. He's reading books to kids. Well, he's got like nine, nine. He's making weeks to store go. appearances. He's got nine weeks to to, to start playing because it's not I mean, the sort of thing that a retired player does, Nathan. No, no. Um, so you, you know who's doing stuff like that? Joe Nolivar. Yeah, really. Yeah, because <laughs> he's retired. You know who else does that? Mario fucking Fennick. So I'm loath to put Lottie in that category, but um, the fact that Lottie—it's probably a fair call—he's effectively still part of the team, and and they've recruited Pat Richards for next season. Um, quite confusing when you when you look at the talent available in in Nofa, um, Corey Betty and and Tim Simona. Mm-hmm. You know Tedesco's obviously going to have the fullback spot locked up. Yep. Um, Nofa and Coro on the on the wings. Simona's going to take one of the centre spots. That leaves um, at least two of Lottie Richards, Aish and and Lawrence. What are they going to do? You would well, think Lawrence is probably the, the most highly touted as far as the centre position goes. He'd probably be injured for half the year, though, so you've got to fill that gap. <laughs> we'll probably keep Ashford as backup. Um, look, you know, the, the Tigers are still finding their feet as far as um, inevitable premiers, but, um, you know, they're doing an impressive job. They're, they're knocking off, you know, the current premiers, and the Storm look, you know, fairly ordinary stacked up against 2013 premiers in the Tigers, and um, I look forward to the Tigers continuing this form for the next, you know, 14, 15 weeks probably through the apart, off-season. Apart from one spectacular try, this was a fucking terrible game. I mean, like, yeah, the weather probably doesn't count for a little bit of it, but also the fact it's just two shit sides that just aren't physically there. You know, like... <laughs> I love how you take my truth, my truth, and you twist it around just to try and hurt my feelings. At the end of the season, when, when, when we were doing the episode before the grand final and the Tigers have fucking been blasted out four weeks ago and not even made the finals... You're going to have to sit there and you're going to have to answer for your fucking Tigers winning the premiership calls. Oh, gladly do And you know our listeners, they're not going to forget. They'll just keep, they'll just keep twisting the knife the whole time. That's fine. Um, That's fine. <laughs> we'll put up these Tigers in decline bullshit for a season and a yeah, half now. and still, uh, still going too. Still going strong because you're, you're sitting 14th on the ladder at the moment. You finished fine. 10th last season, so that's decline, my friend. That's fine. Fubar underscore 84. A 100 metre try and Benchy still misses, misses the kick after practising in the rain. Hash. <laughs> Lost it more than Rabs. <laughs> Hashtag is in decline. <laughs> Some of these hashtags. 
motherfuckers, when you're going to send a hashtag through, capitalize every word. It makes it so much easier to figure out what the fuck it is. Um, a fridge too far. We're never going to hear the end of this. I fucking believe that. Damn straight, my friend. Devonhead. How shit is Slater without Cam telling him what to do for 80 minutes? Indeed. Oh, yeah, Rachel. Great win from the Tigers. Totally worth sitting here in the rain. Even though there's only 5,000 of us here, we sounded like 20,000. Look, first I want to say credit for sitting in the, in the pissing rain. I mean, that's fantastic. It didn't sound like 20,000. It sounded like all of 6,000. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you sounded like, you know, 20% bigger than you were. It sounded like 30,000 to me, my friend. Yeah, but your hearing's not the best. And you, and, Sorry? And I, and, I, and I say, I mean, like, you, you thought I was saying Benchy when I was, pronoun- when I was saying, saying Benchy's name. You thought I was saying Benchy or something, I don't know. Sammy Boy, 1986. Love Glenn's passion for the Tigers. It's got to be what's inspiring him to greatness. Great episode this week. Quality Tigers on the rise. Yes. Bollies. That's what I'm talking about. And now, now, now here, come, here comes the real talk. Dashing down one. The Detroit Tigers would have beaten the Storm tonight. <laughs> uh, Shanta86, fantastic effort, Tigers. Nice to see that dipshit Slater at least get karmic justice with a shithouse game. And uh, this one is disgusting. And quite frankly, if you want to fast forward 30 seconds, I'll, I'll understand. Tall Hayden. The only thing wetter than the Leichhardt Oval is Glenn's underpants. Full of semen. <laughs> he goes on to spell it out. <laughs> and then he's got in brackets, mine are too. Hash team of destiny. <laughs> Exactly. Step away when you when you've had a, a carton of Woodstocks. Just step away from the Twitter, Twitter machine. <laughs> <laughs> and someone else's reply has come in. There's a DJT zero four eight three's come through and um and responded to Dashing Dan's tweet about the Detroit Tigers. And he said the Richmond Tigers would have beaten the Storm tonight. <laughs> um, I talk it up, guys. I can see just every week there's more people starting to try and get on the Glen bandwagon. Saying, you know what oh, I think it is? You know what? I've been calling for this for weeks too. I just haven't really said it over and above all the times where I've said the Tigers are shit. You know what you call those people? Bandwagon jumpers. Shit Tigers fans. Because no, these, not, not a single Tigers fan has done it. Oh, the Tigers fans. It's all these other yeah. people going, oh, you know, Tigers Glenn, fans it's Glenn being right. You know that Dean Horton kid? Yeah. Oh. That guy's a fucking gronk of the highest order. Even he's going, maybe Glenn was right this whole time. Yeah, and then they get... Of course get, I was, idiot. And then they get smashed. They get smashed. Uh, you know, by the sharks they get, this week. They get smashed by the sharks. And it's just like... <laughs> everyone on Twitter puts a big fucking handbrake on. Uh, Blue underscore beaver. It pains me to say this, but well done, Tigers. Why? Because screw the storm. That's why. Hash purple cheats in decline. And that's the thing. That's the beautiful thing about the Tigers winning. Is, I mean, everyone loves to see... It doesn't matter who you go for. Everyone loves to see the storm get beaten. Yeah. Everyone. Um, and uh, Woody Solo it's games like that that justify my decision to never ever join a tipping comp Uh, Bay BNC this is probably the most pertinent tweet of all actually if a football team wins a game and no one is there to see it are they on the incline (laughs) hash thought experiment hash Tigers fan in decline uh, very good, very good. Um, I fucking love that tweet. Uh, okay, I'm next. just saying, if we yeah. can put 22 points on the storm in those conditions, if it's a dry track this Friday night against the Sharks, I mean, I'm no mathematician, but I think we might put 246 points on them. Well, that'll get you into the positive anyway. <laughs> probably need to do that. All right, next up, uh, and look, these these guys aren't much fucking better, to be perfectly honest. Penrith Panthers 25 to feed St. George Illawarra Dragons 10 out there at our Cenobet, a uh, crowd of 6,721. Equally as ordinary conditions. Well, no, no, actually about 1,700 more, but, you know, who's counting? <laughs> 1,500 more. Um now, Panthers, they're 25. Tight tries too. Matt Moylan, Brad Tide, James Roberts, James Ciaro. Luke Walsh got a field goal and four from four conversions. Trying to keep himself around the furniture. Uh, and 
St. George Illawarra is their 10. It tries to Jack DeBellin, Lewis Brown. And, Jack DeBellin uh, cut his hair. Jack, he had some real AFL hair there going on there for a while, Jack DeBellin. Yeah, now, yeah, and... Then he's cut his hair. Now everyone's like, oh. He was a bit like, he was a bit like a... Uh, he looks like Dan Hunt. He's like the prince in Shrek. Just, you know, a bit of his yeah. hair to start with. And now, you know, he's... Now he's Shrek. <laughs> What's been... I mean, I don't... I can't recall hearing his name a lot this year too. Has he been out or something or... I think he played a fair bit of Reggie's. Yeah, because remember he was like... The, he, he was like, like last, was it last year? Started last year? He was, he was the thing. He was the next thing. Well, certainly to the female Dragons fans, yeah. he was the next thing. Sliding and by next thing, I mean, like, impregnating them all. Yeah, sliding off their seats like fucking you wouldn't believe. The pressure of uh, expectation expectation on them doing anything this season um, has, has probably taken its toll on the Dragons. Yep. <laughs> um, but they've scored some decent tries um, in light of the fact that, you know, certainly since Dugan, Dugan's come on board... Um, but also the fact that they've probably realised that, okay, we're not a force this year. <laughs> um, and it took the Dragons fans a long time to let that go. But um, once they did, and certainly once the, the players themselves um, probably weren't playing with that expectation, they've scored some decent tries. Uh, I think Chase Stanley's effort uh, went through, you know, with some really good um, interchange of passing and, and Stanley on the end of it. Um, is an indication of, of what their attack could be if they, you know, were playing with that bit of confidence and flair uh, week in, week out. And, you know, with Dugan in the side long term, as you'd expect, yep. um, you know, there's probably more of that to come depending on who else, you know, I guess Widdop, how he comes back from injury next year. And he has, I mean, let's let's face it, I mean, you know, when he's had his chance, you know, without... Running the show there without, in su- without super players around him. I mean, you know, he's been a little bit ordinary too, so, you know, he's, he's a bit of a work in progress too, I think. Yeah. Um, young Moylan for Penrith. He, um, once again, I think he showed he's a, he's a real class above. He's one of those players, um, seems to have a lot of time in everything he's doing. Yep. He's, he's in the right spot at the right time, um, just making plays, um, you know, stuff that looks fairly effortless. Um and from fullback, there's a lot of stuff that goes, you know, fairly well unnoticed at the back there. But, um, you know, he can certainly pull off, you know, you know, the the ordinary play um, with ease, but also he can um, he can achieve the spectacular as well. Some, the try that he scored, um, and some of the plays that he makes um, since he has made since he's come into first grade, I think he's really um, he's really started with a bang. It just makes you wonder: has anyone seen Lachlan Coote lately? What happened with old Lockie? I mean, like he, he must be he, playing. He's hard out for the Windsor Wolves, is he? Was, uh, did he get injured? God the, bless him. Did he get injured though? I can't remember. I don't know. I mean, well, like he was—he's he's nursing a dented pride. I can get with that. <laughs> Poor Lockie Coot. Remember, he remember when he was the shit. Yeah, remember when he was just chasing through bombs all day and catching them and scoring tries and because because that's what they did playing because like <laughs> that's what that's what the Panthers did. Remember, <laughs> exactly. they, they used to score four hundred tries off, off off bombs every game, and then you know shit. Shit fans like Jared Vaughan would say, well, you know, why, yeah. if it's working for you, why would you go away from it? Yeah. Well, how's it working for you now, mate? Justified. Like he's playing fucking reserve grade. You justify it any way you like. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the Panthers, I think this five-year plan that certainly Gus has been talking about really is starting to take shape. Um, and I've got to give their fans credit um, in large part for being fairly admirably patient um, in light of some interesting recruitment and... Um, and you know, lack of retention of, of some beloved players of the club. You look at where they're headed. You know, you're going to have Moylan there. Um, 
it just soured, comes on in uh, at halfback. Um, you know, you still got Isaac John. I, I, he's he's a cracking player. I'd play Isaac John over Jamie Soward every day of the week. Yeah. At 5'8". Yeah. Um, you know, Mossy Masoy seems to have found a new lease on life there, some of his runs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what sort of side they put on the park next year and, and what style of footy they play. They've they've starting to build some options there. It could be very impressive. Might give them something to cheer about. Yeah, I mean the, th- the thing is, well, in the in the actual play in in the in the flow of this game, you remember when um when uh Chase scored that try mm. with about probably fifteen minutes to go. Yeah, it was like thirteen ten. They were in it and they were sort of you know coming back home, you know, with a you know wet sail and everything. So, yep. you know, the final score is probably not a massive you know true reflection of how it went, but you know they did certainly um get back into the game and then fucking lose it really quick. A big transition phase for the Dragons at the moment. They're not sure. Um, you know the makeup of their their coaching staff at the moment. They're not sure um, what side they're going to be next year with the players leaving um, and and some of the players that were coming in. So um, whether they can sort themselves out, you know, to finish this season off um, as strongly as possible, but more importantly, you know, have a bit more structure, etc., in place, um, you know, to go through the off season and start next season um, with a bit of a bang, it, it remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah. I, I mean, I think, it, what is it, 2013, they won in 2010, so what are we talking about there? We'll probably have another 28-year year rebuilding <laughs> to do. <laughs> um, Twitter, Dragons underscore Red V. Penrith, a class above tonight, sadly. Everyone in the NRL bar the parrot yields are. Hash, cunt punch, price. Wow. Hardcore. Ben Dunn, 43. If Luke Walsh can carve you up, you're probably time to merge again. <laughs> are they? Are their expectations of price too high? It's his first season. You know, I guess yeah. he was an assistant under Benny. The people were expected a fair bit of him, but... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that no matter who the coach is, I don't think anyone expects to go into the season coming second to last. That's what it comes down to. If, you know, if there's not success, you know, whatever expectations you do have at the start, yeah. if you... They probably don't include second last. I'm pretty sure that uh, that, that all 16 teams in the competition go in with the expectation of making the final eight. And unfortunately, it only works out for half of them. Uh, where are we? Um, TBI Penguin. How do the Parrot Eels fans get through shit season after shit season? These two seasons have been hell. Hash Red V. <laughs> Aussie 11198. This was a shit game of fucking football, no fucking effort, and a shithouse coach with no fucking jaw. Hash, sack the jawless cunt. Wow. Hardcore. Uh, Dragons underscore Red V again. Said, uh, Dragons have to be grateful Ricky Stewart isn't the coach. It would be genocide, the likes of which hasn't been seen since Auschwitz. Exactly. Uh, Shunter 86. Penrith beat Dragons twice in a year for the first time. Also, first year the Dragons have a cat as a captain and a coach with no chin. They keep seizing on that chin thing, don't they? Benny 2-7. Can everyone... He doesn't actually have a chin. (laughs) Isn't it funny? It must be like a Steve Price thing too because, I mean, like the other Steve Price didn't have a chin either. Brett uh, White should have <laughs> exposed that. <laughs> it was disintegrated into uh, fine powder. Uh, Benny27. Can everyone now get off the Dragon small bandwagon? Seriously, they're worse than the Tigers. Red V in decline. Wait, that guy, I, I don't, think, I don't know if there was a, I don't know if there was a Dragon's bandwagon, was there? I hope they are. Uh, do prove to be, at least on the premiership ladder, worse than the Tigers, which, you know, as clearly I expect them to be. Got another jersey riding on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, no, nah, maybe. said, um, getting desperate at the Dragons. A fan on Twitter was calling for Brian Smith's return. Oh, sh- Jesus. Jeez. Exactly. Um, 
We've got CA Photo 10, loving the arrogance of the NRL, putting two shit games up against the Union test that still showed Union to be rubbish. <laughs> Hash poo game. Um, up 23. Good on the Panthers for winning, but fuck me dead if I'm going to watch them play the Dragons after the Tiger Storm shit fest. <laughs> uh, where are we? Um, moving on to the next game. It is that time of year, though. The weather sucks. You've got Origin plays in and out and backing yeah. up and pulling out at the last minute. This is a low point of the season. Yeah. New Zealand Warriors, 18, defeated the Brisbane Broncos, 16, at Mount Smart, crowd of 15,500, so decent crowd over there, guys. Nice one. The Warriors, tries Manu Vatavai, Elijah Taylor, and critical try to Conrad Harrell. Um, Sean Johnson, three from three conversions. Brisbane Broncos, 16, came from tries to Lachlan, Miranda, Peter Wallace, Josh Hoffman. Scott Prince, two from three conversions. And crucially... Corey Parker missed with his only attempt at penalty goal. Cracking game footy, this one, I thought. Yeah. Um, it showed that both teams wanted the result really badly. Um, unfortunately for the Broncos, um, they really haven't been the same side since beating the Tigers. Um, they obviously, you know, pumped themselves up for that game and, and as the biggest hurdle of the season, um, you know, trying to knock off the inevitable premiers, but Having they've, they've really faltered since, and I think they exerted way too much energy um, in that Tigers game, and that they haven't been the same sight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got to give credit to the Warriors. Um, you know, it wasn't all that long ago they got 60 points put on them by Penrith. Um, Best thing that ever happened to them. And I've got to tell you, I, I for one, and I, I don't know how many would have backed Matt Elliott to inspire his team to this past month of footy that they've put together. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's a credit to them as a club that, and and certainly the players involved to to turn things around because you know that's that was the sort of performance that you know gets coaches sacked and mm-hmm. um, and wins teams wooden spoons. Yep. So um, you know their fans should be pretty pretty proud of that. Um, the explosion of hatred um, towards Scott Prince that came after that intercept. To be fair, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't been well received most of the season though. No, but compared to yeah. the reaction of that, it's mm-hmm. like people have been holding back. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just poured out. Um, it was a pretty impressive audition to the Brett Kamali All-Stars though. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely, definitely. Um, to be fair, it doesn't find the hands they score in the corner, and he's a hero. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely it was like you know, as far as Broncos fans, it was like you know they were like getting ready to celebrate a try, you know, a guaranteed try. Yeah, you know. and it was a decent take for someone yeah. that's it's probably not the most agile uh, guy. Yeah, he looks at he looks at Vatavai and says, "Oh man, that guy's got some great hands." Yeah, yeah. he's a fucking gymnast. Yeah, <laughs> Vatavai is a gymnast compared to Harrell, but um, he took it very well um, and. Showed good pace. Credit to Sam Thiday. It's yep. true, or, you know, a bit of an origin sort of play to chase that hard that whole way. Yep. Um, when other players would have definitely given up on the chase. So, disappointing one for the Broncos. They um, they had that game in the bag and, and probably deserved um, to win based on their effort. But the Warriors um, got home in the end. Yeah, no, maybe. says, uh, when the Storm and Broncos are defeated in the same week, the world is a happier place. Hash, not mud. Mr. Underscore Wars. Gutted by that loss. Close to the best game of footy by two teams all year. No shame in losing that one. Amazing effort. And um, you see on Twitter and on Facebook, you would have seen as well, that uh, Sam um, has an attempted mugging yes. there in England. And uh, given that he does a lot of running, I mean, admittedly distance running, but he runs at a fair clip, you know, yeah. doing marathons sub three three hours. But uh, 
the guy's pulled a knife on him and he's just fucking bolted. <laughs> and had to, and while, while being drunk, though, and uh, lost him, got away. Quite frankly, knowing Sam, um, you know, spent a little bit of time in the shower and stuff with him and, and woken up in various states of undress around him. It's not something I normally confess, but I'm surprised he didn't, didn't just take his penis out and beat him with it. <laughs> Use it as a deadly weapon. Well, he was drunk, you know. Well, true. <laughs> true. Fair point. Cruzy 6 we shouldn't have lost that game and it's going to be harder to keep up with the eight now. Hash, can we start the season over? No, no, you can't. No, you cannot. You've got to take it. Take it and watch the Tigers eventually win the premiership. <laughs> blah, blah. Sweet Nigel B. I turned the game on and the Warriors score for Scott Prince pass. The Broncos did buy him to win games, I guess. He's doing hash. Let's let's lol Broncos. <laughs> Benny two seven. And this is an intriguing intriguing tweet that I'd like to talk about further. Corey Parker. I'm so sick of this overrated cunt. He's a product of the supercoach syndrome. Hash. Fuck off with your CP thirteen shite. Now that's a lot of hatred. Dude was by far and away the best player in the state of origin game on Wednesday yeah. night. I thought if he <laughs> kicked that goal and the Broncos won the game. In extra time, he would have got man of the match for this game too, probably. Absolutely. I mean, so two games in four days or five days or whatever. Yeah, he actually is a fucking workhorse and does play <laughs> and does play fucking well and do. Can't a lot argue of with his stats. At right. the end of the day, he's, he's, you know, like you said, he's a workhorse and and that's what his role is in any side he plays in, and I think he he fills that role fairly well. Um, the fact that he's a goal kicker and you know had to take a fairly difficult yep. shot at goal given the distance yep. um, to try and tie it up but you know that's mm. what goal kickers do you know they, they um, put their balls on the line but I think that's fairly harsh criticism of him Eddie NZ Broncos inability to turn possession into points seems to be our number one weakness need to give Granville or Baptiste a shot over Hunt they need more creativity um, and it's not coming from Corey Norman um, as much as I would like and I know I'm, I'm fairly critical of the guy but um and it's certainly not coming from Prince and, and Wallace but um Josh Hoffman he was you know as far as he'd be my first choice at fullback yep. if if I was with you know on the long way off coaching the Broncos but if I was he'd be my first choice. Um the fact that he's their best option at fullback they're not playing him there but he's also proven to probably be the the best finisher. He's leading the comp and tries at the yep, moment. Yep. Um, what a just what a cracking footballer he is. You know, to go from fullback to wing, some fullbacks will slot in on the wing and, and they'll they'll do okay. Yeah. But his finishing skills are fucking awesome. Yep. Very very impressive. So, um, you know, it's a, a bit of a highlight of the Broncos season so far. I think. Fucking someone's in love. I, I could be. <laughs> Quite frankly. Added to the list with Rennie and Sonny. Oh, look, let's call him Tier 2. All right. Put him Tier 2. All right. He doesn't, you know, <laughs> doesn't have quite the same effect, but I love the way he plays. Yeah. All right. Uh, where are we? JR underscore Buff says, if the New Zealand Warriors are the Harlem Globetrotters of the NRL, surely the Brisbane Broncos are the Washington Generals. <laughs> Hash 0-2. Yeah, obviously the Broncos would have went into this game uh, trying to avenge that fairly horrible loss at Suncorp not all that long ago. So um, they certainly put in a much better performance. Yep. Okay, moving on. Newcastle Knights, 46, defeat the Gold Coast Titans, 16. Over there at um, at Hunter, a crowd of under 10,000, not good. Uh, their 46 points came from tries to Tyrone Roberts, Darius Boyd, four 
for James McManus. Uh, Joseph Joey Leilua and uh, Jared Mullen got tries. Tyrone Roberts, six from eight and a penalty goal. So he would have, you know, not not necessarily written himself into the history books because no doubt about it, Joey would have got fucking tons of points at various stages. Sure. But still, like, a reasonable a reasonable haul there for himself too. I mean, what's that, 14, 18 points? Sure. Not a bad day out. Quite impressive. Um, Jamal Idris was injured early in the game with a fairly fucking horrible um, broken leg. Yeah, it wasn't, as, it wasn't as disgusting to see as, like, Yayi's one was. Oh, was no, pretty, yeah, it's the worst ever. Yeah, but that was the fucking worst ever, Yeah, yeah, yeah It was pretty ordinary, though. It certainly was. Um, and he's going to be out for quite a long time. Season, they say. As you'd expect. Yep. Um, and if this is what the Titans are going to dish up on their right side uh, whilst he's out... Yeah, I don't think it was. Well, I don't think it was necessarily all to do with this either. I think the Titans just weren't there as well. I think if he was there, it was still going to happen that way. Maybe not. Maybe not that bad. But maybe I, not on that that they, side. But they were as just bad. They, they were not up for the contest on this occasion at like all. The, they would throwing. They could have thrown cotton balls, cotton mm-hmm. cotton wool balls at the fucking defensive line of that side, and they would have scored. Drops. Punch through. Yeah, exactly. It was fucking horrible. Um. You know, James McManus is a solid player. He's played Origin. Yeah. Um, would you call him the most, you know, such a dominant winger that he's just going to look like fucking Reg Gasnier out right there? No, no. I think it more comes up to the guy that was marking him. Oh. And I kinda, he auditioned for the Nathan Merritt uh, All-Stars. <laughs> it was almost like he was trying, you know, he, he, might, he, he heard in the wind that he might have been a chance for the third Origin game or something, so he was trying his best to be Nathan Merritt. <laughs> Uh, wrong Nathan Merritt. You've got to be the club Nathan Merritt, not the origin Nathan Merritt. It's not up to it. I'm not sure if this game means that the, the Knights have found their groove, um, especially as it came in the wet and and the Titans were so woeful. I think yeah. the jury's going to have to remain out on the Knights. Very impressive. They might have run their attack or blown some cobwebs out of their attack, but um, the conditions were pretty crap. Um, they played, you know, up their end. Uh, for, for most of the game. Yep. Um, so it was certainly um, a lot of things fell into their into their lap and, and probably were conducive to this sort of result. But the Titans were just so, so bad. And the scoreline really flattered them as well. I mean, because they threw some tries on at the end there. It was 42-0, yeah, 46-0. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, it really should have been... Yeah. I don't know. I would have preferred to see the Knights really keep their foot on the throats of the Titans and run themselves into some better form. Yep. Um, instead, they, they really put the cue in the rack. Um, you know, to go up 46-0 and there was still 20-odd minutes to go. Yeah, not good. Um, you know, you could have, could have definitely have continued um, to do what they were doing and then easily put more points on. Yep, exactly. Okay, Twitter and this one. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of tweets like this, so this is a subset of them. Shana86, Nate gets his wish. That stupid hashtag should die today. Hash, Don is not good. That. And then uh, Stiflers underscore mum underscore nine said, is Don is fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. More to the point. It was really bad, yeah. Anthony Don. Um, uh, I think they, at last count, he, was, he had let four tries four in. Four tries, yep. Four All tries. the McManus ones. Yeah. Um, and some of his efforts were fucking laughable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ben Dunn, 43. I guess Albert Kelly's doing his Jordan at the Wizards impersonation today. <laughs> uh, Mup 23. Except for the part where they let in eight tries, the Titans have actually been pretty good today. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, where are we next? Trying to use humour to mend his broken heart. Indeed, indeed. Um, 
And that's it for that one. Fair enough, too. Um, moving on to the North Queensland Cowboys 24 to feed the Cronulla Sharks 4 up there at 1,300 smiles uh, in a crowd of 14,434. Cowboys 24 points came tries to a double to Kane Linnett. Uh, Gavin Cooper got one, Winterstein got one, Thurston four goals. Ben Cronulla, a solitary Luke Lewis try. JT's got that post-origin glow on. <laughs> um, and the Cowboys are... A, are a big chance, you know. There's always there's always one side um, that sort of defies the odds and, and makes a run to the finals, um, despite their you know the, their early season form. Um, you know, obviously the Cowboys are going to be that team. The Tigers are obviously going to realise their potential and and storm into the eight. It's not all about um, the Tigers, mate. No, I'm just We're I'm just making I'm just teams. making a comparison, mate. Yeah. Just making a comparison. All right. um, the only the only thing that's going to stop the Cowboys are, are whether um, JT's teammates think they're good enough or not to go with him, because um, if they if they are, he'll take them every step of the way. Um, a bit worried for the Sharks. They've they've played well in matches um, without Gallon so far this year, and and specifically on the back of performances from Luke Lewis and Wade Graham, um, but a bit of a lengthy stint on the sidelines for Gallon. Um, and certainly at this stage of the season where teams are really starting to crack the whip and, and, yep. and you know, tighten things up in the run to the finals, um, they're a big chance of slipping out of the eight if, if they continue to perform like they have in this game. Um, and, you know, they've got a number of players that um, are more than capable of picking up slack. It's whether they can actually mentally get there. Um, without Gallon until he comes back. And, you know, if he comes back, is he going to be 100%? Yeah, he's going to have to play an Origin game in there. He's obviously going to try and come back from that. Yeah, saw an interesting headline saying, you know, is he putting New South Wales above Cronulla and um, with you know with his uh, his dedication to try and make it back for Origin three, which is very admirable. But you know, where does that leave him as far as Cronulla goes? Yeah, but I mean, if he gets back for Origin three, then presumably he can go on and play for Cronulla the week yeah, after exactly. that. I mean, it's still an early return. Um, early return is an early return. Yeah, I. I think this game was a real tale of two teams not playing to their position on the ladder. Um, the next month is crucial for both of them. Cronulla didn't play anywhere near um, like a top four, top six side that they are. And, and the Cowboys, um, you know, they haven't done it very often this season, but they certainly didn't play like a team coming, you know, third last or second last yep. um, as they, they've been running for a while. So um, next month of footy is crucial for both of them. Okay, uh, a couple of similar tweets here from the Sharkies fans, and you can expect how they're going to blow up. Uh, ben Dunn, 43. A knee in the head and draws blood, yet it only goes on report. If Gallon did that, Queensland would definitely want knees banned. <laughs> and Luke Shark, 74, tweets the NRL directly and says, 10 in the bin for punching, but on report for kneeing the head. Uh, it's the North Queensland Cowboys. I guess he thought it was his wife. Oof. <laughs> R. Popsh says, good win by the boys. Hopefully Ashton Sims gets 10 weeks for that knee. Hash, because he's <laughs> fucking useless. Um, right, and there we are. Big Boner, fan. 1978. He's come out and said he's got a two-part tweet. Part one. Um, I went to the game. Took North Queensland an hour to get their mojo. Very scrappy game. Man of the match to the 11-year-old boy who told his dad to fuck off. The dad deserved it. He was so drunk that if he was in a car with Tamau, Tamau would have to be the designated driver. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, Look, I, I weep for humanity. What's going on behind closed doors in that family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, Take my eleven-year-old kid to the footy. Get blind. Get absolutely Something blasted. is wrong with that story. Exactly. 
Okay, so move on to Monday Night Foot Bitch. And someone was saying, oh, you didn't say Monday Night Foot Bitch. It's the first time you haven't said it, like, forever. Really? Like, I mean, I don't think Phelan actually said it until we were probably half a dozen episodes into doing this show. I mean, it would happen in the... I don't really pay a lot of attention to what you say, so I wouldn't have picked it up. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure if I didn't say it, surely there's been other times where I haven't said it. But yeah. Um, Roosters 18, defeat Manly 12, tries to... Roger Tuivasa-Shek, Jake Friend, and a double to Michael Jennings. Boyd Cordner in an absolute fucking performance of Benji brilliance. <laughs> zero from three and a penalty. Mitchell Pearce, zero from one. And I mean... What was Boyd Cordner doing kicking in? Oh, and Mitchell Pearce, he might have only missed one goal, but his was fu- probably the easiest one too, and he fucking hooked it like an idiot. Surely Sonny Bill can kick goals. Crazy. Preferably shirtless. Manly's 12. Tries to Jamie Lyon, George Rose, 100% from the boot from Jamie Lyon, like legends do. That's, I've, I've wrapped up the scorers off you go look I get where you're coming from and I know that you know the truth is really going to not sit well with you as far as my my, you know being a, a Pez dispenser as if you will of truth when it comes to the Tigers but if you're going to just going to call that, Jamie Lyon that, a fucking legend I can't I can't mate he's won can't allow it. he's won premierships man of steel over in England he's fucking done it all Oh, now the Man of Steel award means something. Hey, you were the one that said it didn't mean something. <laughs> you were the one. I fucking, I, I stayed quiet because I knew, I knew the fucking Jamie Lyon. In the past, you've had a lot to say about Chris Bailey when he was playing for Manly. <laughs> we even dubbed him tired on the rope. Yeah, he's fucking hopeless. What's that got to do with anything? Um, he's not carving up over there either. He's playing like a bucket of shit from all reports. That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> I want to hear a report. Actually, just totally off the subject. Someone give us a report on Sowards' first game. He got over, didn't he, for a try? I think he, he got did over, get over yeah. for a try. Someone who uh, who cares, tell us how he actually went. Like, give us an objective report. Anyway, back to what you're saying. Back to Chris Bailey. Um, Glenn Stewart's not a million miles from Chris Bailey at the moment. Oh, he's fucking. He's he's channeling Chris Bailey like you wouldn't believe at the moment. He That's could a, be the most useful asset to the team, but not in the not in the way you might think. <laughs> he could be exactly be a training aid, tire on a rope. He's fucking hopeless. What's another, what's another thing you could say? Tyrone tire a rope, like another training aid. We'll have to rename him. It's like kettlebell. Weight sled. <laughs> Prowler. <laughs> you know, Prowler is like, yeah. 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 <laughs> and that makes him sound really seedy. I think we should go with that. Yeah. Um, I just thought, and, and you're obviously more credentialed as far as Manly goes to comment, but there were some real defensive lapses in this game that were very unmanly. <laughs> yeah. Know, I, honest, honestly, I think the... the it just fucked them up having Foran withdraw. It wasn't like, oh, Kieran Foran's out this week, and then so they will train yeah, around. Yeah, sure. Kieran Kieran Foran's out four hours before kickoff, and um, two. What v- about players dropping in the? In, you know, completely off topic here, but um, Hannett got injured in the warm up. Yeah, but Everingham this, but, got injured in the warm up. <laughs> but but Foran was actually poisoned. It was food poisoned. Yeah, it wasn't like an injury. And and Tuvi said in the press, and like, and I. Tu- Did he have dinner at Sunny Bills? He may have. He may have. Oh, well, you know, M- Mitchell Pierce. They grew up next door to each other, the Forens and the Pierces. Too, so maybe you know, I'm just saying, maybe Mitchell Pierce, you know, said, "Let's go out for a fucking kebab before the game." You know, all time say we're mates and shit. And then he's gone to the, you know, his kebab place and said, "You know, I'm a special kebab for you." Boom, out. Now, um, he explains Mitchell Pierce's form over the last three seasons. <laughs> when I've been eating the same fucking kebabs. <laughs> Having said that, though, I'll be off the subject entirely. Rob, Rob Whitaker, the Australian uh, doing the UFC, mm-hmm. who was the winner of Tough Smashes, he's constantly on Facebook. Every day he eats at a place that Miranda called Kenny's Kebabs. 
So you can eat kebabs. I mean, he eats them like on a plate. Like he doesn't have the, you know, the wrapper or anything. He has like a kebab plate just piled up with fucking chicken and, you know, tabbouleh and stuff. But honestly, you know, you can you can eat kebabs and... Uh, and look and, like a UFC and, fighter and fight in the UFC. That's awesome. <laughs> so there you go. Don't let don't yeah don't don't think for, you know don't don't be satisfied with eating kebabs and being a fat cunt. All right, <laughs> you, you you can be at the top of the, you can be top of the UFC exactly. <laughs> well, not top of the UFC. But, you know, you can be in there. You can be on yeah, the way work, up. working your way up. Definitely on the up, big time. Um, but yeah, the thing is, um, when when I when I heard that he dropped out a couple of hours before the game, and I, I immediately I just thought, oh, why 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 did you say you were, you were sick in the guts? I mean, what you know, boils the excuse for boils been used before, has it? You know, I was like, you, you know, soft cock. But then too, in the press wow, conference, that's harsh. Yeah, because I just think fucking get, he's a tough nut, man. If, got a, if, if got he a, said, "Look, I'm out for whatever," I'd go, "Yeah." If okay. you got a, if you got a Paula Radcliffe, it just fucking pull over the side, you know, just throw some diarrhea out the sideline, Russell Packer style, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, do it. But um, but no. Then in the press conference, too, he said it, it's, he's never seen a man sicker in his life than Foreign was. <laughs> so, and I mean, so that, that's probably a big thing because I mean, too, you yeah, he's a tough dude as well, you know, like he would play at all costs. Um. But I think positionally, I don't think I just think that just fucked them. Like, um, you know, it was just too late. You know, well, he's very key to what they do, and, and yeah, you know, and, I th- and I they think changed the so much. probably did. Yeah, and they changed so much around it too because it wasn't just like um, oh, okay, Foreign's out. We just slot um, they they slotted uh Tommy Simons in um, you know, positionally uh, or you know, at least as as far as named as the as five eighth, but positionally it wasn't like that. Like Tom Simons kind of replaced Glenn Stewart a bit, and everyone sort of pushed over, and Cherry Evans ended up on the left hand side, and I think not just in defence, in attack, it fucked it. it Literally fucked everything because it it essentially made Glenn Stewart the five eighth for that game, and yeah. I mean, dude, dude has been fucking going great on on you know laying on passes and doing all this stuff anyway. So no. he's the last person you want. I mean, the 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 plus side of all that was the guy on his right who'd be passing to first, who'd be normally you know the Glenn Stewart position on the field, was Tom Symes, and as usual, like what happened in the first start of the season, direct straight, always punched through, almost got it through. You know, every carry of the ball looked fantastic, but um. You know, I think he needs. To, I think he needs some time on the bench. Teams really need to normally have to work much harder for their points, but um, you know, Sonny Bill was running through, Jennings was running through, Tuvasa Shek had a go. Um, you know, against an aging team with you know one of their only two decent youthful players out, um, there were holes everywhere. The funny thing is that they, um, once again, the, the difference in the game, like the first time they met, was it was just a chance. It was just a chancy try off the against the run of play, which was that try for uh, the first try for I believe Jennings, where I mean. Uh, it was Tupo, Tupo down the sideline, yep. and um, and Jennings was basically shepherded Jamie Lyon the whole way. I mean, you know, penalty for obstruction about halfway, and not to mention there was a forward pass leading up to that. I think <laughs> he was like guys like Molly and stuff. Jamie Lyon had had a crack at holding him back too there towards just before he got the ball to to well, score the try. He was just trying to get part. He was just trying to get through. I mean, he's getting shepherded off the ball. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was the, the most AFL like obstruction I've ever seen. That's I mean, a disgrace. Yes, they should have got. Yes, they should have got the pass as a forward pass. They should have picked that up. But you know, despite that, you know, you just can't you can't shepherd someone off the ball like that. It's just, I mean, it's, it's disgraceful. It's just a penalty all day. Do you but, think Manly's loyalty to players like Gifty and 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 George Rose could be their downfall? I don't. Stewart's I, way out of form. George um, George Rose, admittedly, I mean, he was he was uh, lazy at marker at one time there, which resulted in Jake Friend try. Yeah, he's got but, no business but, in first grade. But I thought, as far as like you know, in attack. I thought he was much better. I mean, I thought he was he was one of the better guys in attack. I mean, maybe it was just because of his you know enormous bulk that allowed him to rumble through and you know take guys take guys down and actually you know you know bend the line backwards. I mean, he scored a good try um, and avoided a nudie run. You know, 
praise be the most high. Everyone uh, exactly. I mean, that's you know that might have been just a gentleman's agreement between the Roosters <laughs> and the entire fucking Peninsula. Like, look, we'll do this for you. <laughs> but um, but like I'm, I, I mean, Manly have have always been loyal to players, and you know sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, times it works, you know, guys like Orford. Times it doesn't, Chris Bailey's, and and but- Glenn Stewart at the moment. Needs, I think he needs to be uh, started from the bench. He's he's a type of player, I think, given his his ceiling of ability, which is obviously very high. All all trolling aside, he's a gun player. There's no can be yeah. Um, maybe maybe a week in reserve grade or a week or a couple of weeks coming off the bench. I just put him off the bench. I don't know about reserve grade. I saw some Manly fans calling for him to play reserve grade. Yeah, that's a bit silly. I think I'd play him off the bench because, like, defensively, he's actually he hasn't been too bad, and he certainly hasn't been giving away the penalties that he you know, has been known for in the past. So I'd, I'd be happy for him to still be in the side, but he needs to play off the bench, and then maybe that way, you know, they can put him. He can, you know, come in on the right, you know, on the left, have a bit of, a, you know, and just focus more on instead of being this role-playing guy where he thinks he's like crabbing across the field and. You know this sort of stuff. Just fucking run straight lines. Look, watch, watch what Simon's does. He just gets the ball, takes bullet passes. You know, hits gaps, and you know, gets his head and shoulders through. You know, looks at you know, making offload. The other guy I want to talk about is um, Hassan. I'm fucking loving him. No one, no one knew shit about him when he turned up at the club. But um, there was a YouTube video going around Manly fans, and someone had put together this highlight reel of Hassan when he was playing in the lower grades for Cronulla. Mm-hmm. And the dude's just belting people back when you could shoulder charge, obviously, um, just busting through the line. Looked like you know Beaver with you know, uh, you know, not oh, fucking not, everyone not just Beaver, not the classic defensive Beaver, like like Beaver, like the the running the running of Beaver and you know the attacking ability of Beaver, but with you know this you know Matai <laughs> defensive style, and he's certainly showed that um went in for the big stinger on um who did he, who did he lay out was it uh Tuvasa Shek? and yeah it went was. In and um and he'll be back this week even though he left the field and had to go to hospital there like bleeding his eye and looked aren't like they supposed to miss a week well I don't know I mean they say he's going to be back this week Tuvasa Shek was concussed as well well Tuvasa Shek was actually laid out flat on his back like a starfish for a couple of minutes and then he sort of sat up and you know managed to get off under his own steam looked a bit wobbly probably didn't know where he was yeah for all the bending of the shoulder charge that was that was very similar, I think, to um, Richie Fayoso uh, when he knocked out Ashley Harrison. I mean, accidental head clash. Except Fayoso's shoulder charge was no doubt about it. He was going in hard and he was going in shoulder styles. <laughs> Whereas Hassan, you could see, he did try and involve his arms. So I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's like Union as well. Union's the same thing with shoulder charges, isn't it? Like they, mm. if you try, you sort of use your arms. You know, they. I remember Sonny Bill's first game in Rugby Union after he left. <laughs> he belted a guy. and then just He belted a guy. The guy. They interviewed the guy after. He said, I felt like I was electrocuted. That's <laughs> 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 the best. But, um, but all in all, I mean, like, uh, the Roosters are going, they're going pretty well at the moment, I think. Um, they'll, they'll definitely be, uh, you know, in, you know, there or thereabouts at the end of the year. I mean, they'll I gain some confidence having, you know, for, for regardless of... Of the circumstances for each game, they'll gain some confidence having beaten Manly twice this season. Oh, I think so as well. And um, and and on the on the plus side for Manly as well, still still in fourth position, and now they're through the. They had a pretty bad, a pretty you know run of death there for a while there, where they played all the top four sides pretty much in a row, plus uh, the dogs who were in form at the time as well. So they're um they're through that now, and then you know this week they get to beat up on Parramatta and um you know. 
like a you know, toy with them a bit and you know he gets influenced back. It's only a couple and, of weeks mate until you know all hell breaks loose and they play the Tigers again and um, you know and they're exposed as the pretenders aging pretenders that they are. They'll, uh, they'll take a lot of confidence I think out of the fact that they beat them 26 shit at the start of the year when the Tigers weren't shit. They actually started that season. Yeah the Tigers are you know well on the way to achieving their, their uh, premiership I can't, I can't remember what round it is that they that play the Tigers again, but I mean, you've got a loss of Sharks coming up, probably a tough physical battle against the bye. And, uh, then we've got the Warriors. Then we got the Warriors. I mean, obviously, they're in, they're in a decent run. They'll, they'll probably then pump you like Dragons, the, and then Dragons will pump you again like they did the first time around. Tough. Tigers oh, might mate, be... I, just, I wish that you could see things Tiger. the way that I see them, Nathan. Like the truthful way. <laughs> the factual way. Like Lottie being revelations and Tigers winning premierships every year since we started recording this show. Hat tricks and stuff. Hat tricks and yeah, but Lottie was a revelation, wasn't he? And Blair was a revelation the year after. Or was it the year after that? I can't remember, mate. It's, look, it's hard. <laughs> I talk about the truth so much. It's hard to hard to keep up with how much truth I speak. But a good a good intense game and um and one of the, and one of those games that really highlights like when you you know you watch you know the the West Tigers and the Canberras and uh, and the Parramatta's run around. Um, you see the, the the quality of the games and like the and just the general intensity and, and line speed in those games, um, you know, far far inferior to a game like this. And um, so you can really see who the uh, who the good teams are. And it was a, a a big battle played out between two of the uh, big players of the 2013 competition. Twitter. Here come the Tigers fans. Shabugan, <laughs> Manly look fucking ordinary. Also, Cordner could use kicking lessons from Benji. That's how atrocious he is. <laughs> um, Esa Barulius, why wasn't friend Sinbin? No consistency at all. And see, you know, I didn't even talk about the rest once, but there was some fucking diabolical shit in there. Chechen. We're 0-4 under Chechen this year, just quietly. Ill discipline. Useless fuck. Did you see, did, did you watch this game? Mm. You fucking, let's, well, we should probably highlight, uh, yeah, people call, have been known to call, uh, Letters, Jared Maria Hargraves, <laughs> and let me tell you, fuck, he proved it with his whining bitch ass behaviour this time. See when he scored that try and got held up, and he's like, "Please, please, I'm begging you, I'll suck your dick, man. Please, please refer it upstairs." And um, and so Chechen did, and he was shown to be a lying motherfucker. And then then he begged for a, a fucking penalty and got it, even though you're not supposed to. Do it unless it's a reportable offence, unless it's a reportable tackle. Meanwhile, fucking Bureau or whoever it was, around the shoulders, perfectly legal tackle to wrap him up on the fifth tackle. And they scored what well, ultimately was a match-winning try from that fucking set. Just retarded. And there's more... There was another one where uh, Brett Stewart got taken out by Minicello before he got the got the ball off a high ball. And uh, that was a knock-on when it should have been a penalty our way. Just universally, for every fucking team, please, why is there so much fucking seemingly... Easy shit, you know. Getting missed this year in every fucking eight games, eight games a week. There's something you go, wow. That's you got fucking four officials. Open your fucking eyes, pricks. Uh, Devin the had, whole review without mentioning referees, and then you just went on a big tangent. I yeah, knew you couldn't help yourself. Yeah, but I just, I'm not gonna. I'm not blaming the referees. I'm just saying, universally across the board, fucking just. It just seems like this year. I mean, there's always there's always been shit decisions against Manly. Don't get me wrong, but this year <laughs> across all 16 teams. There's some, just some dumb shit. And like you've got two guys in the video ref box now. You've got two touchies and you've got two guys on the field. How many fuck? They're going to need like 45 officials on the well, field. They're going to have more officials than players and still get it wrong is what's yeah. going to happen. It, it seems the, the more officials they, they get, the the worse it seems to get. So, I mean, it's weird. Anyway, Devonhead. George avoids the nudie run to everyone's delight. Uh, NS101280. This is a new player, I think. 
Manly should send Glenn Stewart on an all-expenses-paid night out in the Shire with Dukes and Fergo. Hash needs four weeks off. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way to do it, but I, I, I am inclined to agree. 40 zip. Reckon the refs will have a beer with roosters in the sheds. Get fucked, ref wankers. Pelagic pitches. Tough loss, Manly. Season in balance. Wet sale required for finals run, I reckon. Um... CA Photo 10. Watching Boyd Cordner's goal kicking tonight proves to me he's the man to fill Benji's shoes if he leaves the Tigers. <laughs> then he's followed it up saying, watching Cordner kick, is it just me that thinks he might be left-footed? <laughs> yeah, like as in my left foot starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Right, Glenn? <laughs> Am I right? Got him. Um, Benny27. No doubt about it. We played two sideways tonight, especially G. Stewart. North-south, mate, not east-west. And uh, he followed up with another tweet said, maybe Matt Chechen does have it in for us, but then again, we can't run the straight or hold the ball, dot, dot, dot. Yep. And uh, Exactly. And I, I'm inclined to agree. And that's it. Done. Tweets. Done. Games. Done. Uh, buys for uh, doggies and Parramatta and it was fantastic for a week without their voices reverberating around our Twitter brain um, <laughs> not so much not so much Parramatta I mean it's just you know it's great not to hear the lamentations of the Parramatta fans I suppose but um, yeah full round next week Previews of round 17 for the 2013 Telstra Premiership. Back to full round. Kicking off with the Melbourne Storm taking on the Brisbane Broncos down there at Amy Park. Big game for the Broncos this one. I can't see them winning, but um, they really do need a win to stay in touch and keep things on track. But um, Look, Camp Smith back yeah, I really in Melbourne. I can't see it happening at Amy. Broncos gone. I mean, like Melbourne. Melbourne's record it doesn't matter who they're playing. When you look at their record down in in home games, I mean, yeah. it's imposing. Then when you say, okay, they're up against a team that's you know running you know close to last on the ladder, close enough to last on the ladder, then it just makes it even more imposing. You're such a fucking troll, man. Oh, have you got the ladder there? Broncos are down there, for sure. Certainly they're down there. Broncos running twelve. Yeah, Paramount. Well, I mean, they're better than the Tigers. Okay, granted, but they're still close to the last place then. Same points as the Tigers, mate, but, uh, you know, vastly slight, slight difference in points. Because they didn't take, like, a 26-0 beating off Manly. <laughs> Although they still got beaten. <laughs> so, anyway, okay, I mean, the Broncos uh, appear to be, you know, backing up with a very similar, you know, probably the same lineup as last week. Um, well, I, don't, I mean, obviously, Prince's intercept and, and Parker's missed goal. I don't know that they're reasons why they should be dropped. Other than that, I think it was a pretty good. Yeah, game yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying they should drop. I'm just saying there's no you know no injuries or anything like that. They're going to be running out with a consistent side um, that you know did pretty well last week. Yeah. I just given the Storms' record, um, the fact that Cameron Smith's back, and despite the fact that you know their their pride um, and their confidence would have taken a, a real knock. Uh, last week after being so you know humiliated by the West Tigers, I think the Storm will still be good enough to beat the Broncos. Yeah. Te- teams when they when they there is a, a really massive um, bounce back factor when teams um, beat sides that are far beneath them and um, and quite frankly spoon contenders. And I expect to see the Storm bounce back massively um, that way this week. Uh, Cam Smith will be there. He won't be having any of that. He'll be throwing forward passes every fucking ruck, getting the forwards on the front foot as he does. Um, 
And yeah, I, th- I mean the Broncos, you know, their game last week, but I think there's, I just sense there's a lot of disappointment as well, amongst the players as well, and a lot of um, a lot of uh, how would you say it, like defensive behaviour from players on Twitter as well. Like you see Josh McGuire was smashing like, yeah, you know, smashing mole and exactly so, and he was just throwing some general stuff out there too, like about fans, you know, the you know fair with the fans and stuff like that. So yeah, so you know there's a little. You know, you know, a little bit. I think it hurt them a little bit to come so close and lose that game that they felt that they deserved to win, and which you know they probably did deserve to win. Well, they can obviously, you know, they're obviously looking over their shoulder. They're seeing quality sides like the Tigers storming up the ladder, and 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 can feel their own performances slipping. And um, you know, they're obviously, as you say, very defensive and uh, quite intimidated by. It. <laughs> and in an absolute vuvuzela for Friday night, Cronulla Sharks take on West Tigers at the Vortex. Um, this one, well, you know, it, it won't be it won't be Leichhardt and it won't be pissing down. So uh, the, the Tiger and and well, but the Cronulla Sharks don't have a full side. So okay, so one out of three of the Tigers winning criteria are in place. So that means they've got a thirty three percent chance of winning this game. Um, no Gallon, you know, unfortunately uh, for the Sharkies, and um, the Tiger side looks to be. Exactly. Dare I say, exactly. dare I say stable. The addition of uh, Woodsy and Farah coming into the side, um, you know, two war horses, um, you know, no doubt coming out and, and showing the Sharks who's boss. Um, I expect us to, to dominate this game at uh, Shark Stadium or Red Monda Stadium or whatever it's called now and, um, you know, continue on our winning way and storming up the ladder. Probably give our before and against a, a nice little boost as well. The Sharks, traditionally, other than earlier this season when the Tigers were uh, crippled by injury, um, you know, the Sharks probably turned things around. Other than that, in recent times, um, they've had no answer for the Tigers' dominance. Look, I'd and, the, and this and that'll just only uh, continue in this game. My first, my, my first instinct is just to say no, Gallon, no chance. Exactly. That's because that's a fact. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't matter who they're playing. I say no goal, no chance. The fact they're playing the Tigers means that they'll lose um, by a lot. The fact they're playing more than what they would if they were playing a lesser. The fact side. they're playing the Tigers means that it's it'll be embarrassing, and not one where you go, oh well, you know, you tried hard, you're playing a good side. This one will be like one of those ones where you know, it's just embarrassment. Um, St George Illawarra Dragons taking on the Sydney Roosters. Do we even need to talk about this game? I mean, the Roosters are going to win by a billion. The Roosters are going to beat them by a thousand. Yeah, I mean, the Dragons. And sometimes I say that as an exaggeration, but literally, literally. thousand. And look at these names: fullback Adam Quinlan. That's some guy that is picked out of the leagues. He was just playing the pokies. Charlie Runciman. I mean, these are made-up names. I mean, they're making names up now. They're obviously trying some subterfuge. It's like they um. We're stuck in the middle of a game of Scrabble. Flip the table up and just wherever the fucking letters fell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll just give him that. Exactly. Name. Look, not a real person. I'll for the Dragons in this game. I don't. I don't. I hope they get smashed by a thousand. Well, yeah, that's what I think. I think they are going to get smashed by a thousand. But, uh, you know, I fear for their fans, their mental states. Gold Coast Titans taking on the Penrith Panthers. Speaking of made up people. And this one's a TIO statement. Is it Darwin? Yes. Uh, I think it is. They're playing out the phone. Oh, jeez. Titans, not a great travelling side, but they're not, <laughs> no. but they're not playing at Penrithsfield either. Um, what about the fullback? Jar Rome Hughes. And then you, you, uh, you go into the centres. High Mill Hunt. I mean, that name's just right for comedy, I mean, isn't it? Fuck me dead. It writes itself. Um, 
forwards are, forwards are still pretty much intact. Much intact. Obviously, uh, Zilman and and our old mate Anthony Don have uh, have been punted to to Reggie. Well, he's in um, Don Don's in uh, jersey number nineteen. And you got where he'll remain. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, you'd have to wonder if he bothers to put it on. Why would they? Why would they name him to nineteen? I wonder. I mean, there must be a question over someone in that side. And there's no one else that could possibly. Yeah. Feel that role yeah. if yeah. he was to be out after giving the guy's last performance. Fuck yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I think the Panthers will win this. And look, I'm not especially confident in the Panthers' abilities or anything like that. But I just well, think I think they've been in reasonable form. The Panthers, they've been okay. But I mean, they, they, you know, there has been a, a an element of capitalising on shit teams as well. Um, I just, yeah. I just the Titans were shocked last week. I mean, this is going to be one of those bounce back games. How are they going to bounce back? I mean, are they going to you know take some serious you know dent to the pride from the way that they were manhandled? In fact, especially you'd probably in the first get half. a bigger crowd in Darwin than you, you would at Skilled Park. It might help oh, or Centrebet for that matter. I mean, you know, Centrebet. The difference between the crowds at Centrebet and uh, Skilled Park are probably just more accuracy in reporting at, at uh, Centrebet. <laughs> I'd say, but um. Now, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to go with the Panthers. It's difficult, you know, to think, you know, how the venue is going to affect sides. I mean. It might be just be a nice a nice day to play footy up there at this time of year now, yeah. you know, rather than repugnant, you know, mid thirties and you know massive humidity. Okay, okay. Canberra Raiders taking on North Queensland Cowboys down in Canberra, and does that mean that Canberra's win? Um, yeah, I think the Cowboys were pretty impressive last week, but um, the Raiders in Canberra are a different beast, and um, they'll be they'll be looking to. Um, Put another home performance together like they have, over, um, you know, certainly this season. They haven't lost one at home this year, have they? I don't think so, and they certainly need it. They certainly need a, a bit of a turnaround because, let me say, they're disappointing and have been disappointed for a couple of weeks now. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go the Raiders. Um, as, as impressed as I was with JT's uh, leadership and, and certainly steering the way for last week's victory, I, I think the Raiders, you know, I just can't go past their, their record at home and, and the Cowboys aren't great travellers. Yep. I'm inclined to use the home advantage with Canberra, but um, Cowboys, I think they're probably hitting more form than... This is, this is hard. Like The Raiders have been crap the last couple of weeks, no doubt about it. The Cowboys have been underperforming all season and came good last week against sure. a gallonless. Sharks. So, how much weight do you put on that? It was at their home, which is one of the more difficult and lengthy away uh, mm. road trips a team can make. How much did that affect the Sharks as well as the Gallon thing? It's hard. I'm, look, I'll probably go for Canberra just to be on the safe side uh, now, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I go in there and change the tip as we get closer to the game. Okay, moving on to Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs taking on the Newcastle Knights in Mackay. Last time the Bulldogs played in Mackay, Ben Barber carved up, and I think that's probably a good enough reason to uh, think the Knights will. Uh, sorry, the Bulldogs will kill the Knights. So the Knights, very impressive last start though. They were, but as I said uh, in the recap, how much weight do you put in that? Given the fact that the Titans were that bad, mm. um, I think the Bulldogs uh, will probably be a bit fresher coming off the bye, and um, again. Uh, ben Barber's friends and family up there. I think he he put on a real show last time they played up there last season, and um, I think he might do the same thing again. It's possible. Tony Williams named him inside though, so you know, take that as it is, as you may. <laughs> okay, moving on to it's fucking everywhere around this week. South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the New Zealand Warriors, NIB Stadium in Perth. 
they do in New Zealand played there last year. They played a game against Manly, and um, they were leading like eighteen nil or something, and ended up getting uh, run down at the end. Oh, far too strong. Um, given the Warriors were, were good last week, I, I think they'll make a game of it, maybe for the first half. I um, think the Rabbitohs will be too strong across the park and basically wear them down and, and, and get them in the last sort of 20 minutes um, and, and probably run away with it, I think. Uh, I think it'll be a cracking game. They match up fairly well in the forwards, the Warriors, but um, just the English factor and then the, um, the controlling aspect of Adam Reynolds is, is enough to get the Rabbitohs home, I think. It's a good test, I think, for the Warriors because I mean they've been on a bit of a roll and uh, you know they've won a couple of games in a row now. Um, you know, at least on paper, you know, as far as the win loss ledger, you know, they're one of the form teams at the comp at the moment. So this is a good test to see if you know if it's just you know paper form or if it's actually legit. Yeah. If they can knock off the bunnies, there will be something to be said. Good result. Okay, finally, Monday night foot bitch at the home of rugby league Brookvale Oval. Manly Seagulls, mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Parramatta Eels. It was homeless, it'd hang out at Brookvale. Well, if it was homeless, it'd hang out at Redfern. How dare you? Oh, no, you'd have a housing commission, wouldn't it? They'd actually have a home of sorts. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) If it was homeless, it'd be like at North Sydney. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, um, so this one. Let's check. First check. Referees. Garrett, Garrett, Gavin Badger, Badger and Phil Haynes. I can live with that. Or oh, Brett Sutter on the sideline. He's creeping his way back into rugby league, <laughs> into, into first grade rugby league again. Keep an eye on that. And oh no, we've got cockeyed Luke Phillips in the box though, so who knows what's going to happen if it goes up to referral for the video referee. <laughs> Kieran Foran is back from the Green Who's, Apple Splatters. He's in the video box? Luke Phillips, sorry. I'll say, uh, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Luke. You're actually uh, a fine, briefly a fine player for Manly, and of course for East. I'm sorry, I had you, I, I had you confused with Luke Patton for a second. Yeah. I was just, I was just too eager to lash out. Jeez. <laughs> I was having I was to... like, hang on, that joke fits Luke Patton. Yeah, I know. I was just, it's getting late and tired. Um, Kieran Foran, he's back from his case of the green apple splatters. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Glenn Stewart named in the in the run on side. I'd love to see him get swapped out for Tommy Simons though. Uh, Hassan back, so uh, that's awesome. And um, geez, must be getting close to some of these other players getting back in the side. Like I got fussy note. I think he's back for round eighteen, so maybe next week. And then you'll come on fucking kill someone. Gets suspended for another ten weeks. <laughs> um, best not to get too attached to him. Yeah, yeah, but fuck, he's good when he doesn't get suspended. <laughs> he's good when he's on the field. Okay, now. Um, Jared Hayne, he's named. I would have thought that this would be a little bit dicey for Jared Hayne at this point. I think maybe That's his first really game back fast is... to come back. I think his first game back might be uh, Origin. Maybe. Or maybe the game before. You know, Bill, no, because if you don't have Origin, he'd be out of the game before. So To oh, come back from uh, a hamstring that quickly... In like 10 days. ...is very, very dicey. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. Well, he's been named, and as captain, I mean, how... <sighs> It's not like he's been named on an extended bench or something. Well, the list I've got here so it has Rennie Matua marked as captain, so maybe... Yeah, they're co-captains. Oh, okay, but they don't have anything next to Jared Hayne, no, that's okay. all. So maybe that's just a fuck-up from where I've got this list. Um, um, look, I... Ben Roberts is on the side. Yeah. Darcy Lussick, lock. Interesting. Daniel I, Harrison, not wanted next year, but he's put on the field as well to have a crack against Manly as well. Got to tell you, um, I think this might play the Eels in the form at least for a week. 
this is going to be an absolute ass kicking for the Eels. Um, and I think I honestly think that after this match, if the list is twelve now, I think it's probably be extended out to probably. 30. You know, 29 players that Ricky Stewart's <laughs> not going to want next season. Um, Jake Mullaney's named in 18th. I think it's going to be much more likely that we'll see him in the fullback position than Jared Hayne. Um, and yeah, other than that... If Hayne doesn't play. I mean, if he does play, how how effective is he going to be? If he doesn't play, they'll get absolutely slaughtered. I hope I hope he doesn't play for the, just as a, as a New South Wales supporter. I mean, I would like. I think he deserves to to see out the series and you know make an appearance in the third game. And not only that, I think that New South Wales you know probably need him at fullback as well. I mean, Dugan was okay with uh, with ball in hand, but I mean his position, you know, defensively, positionally, and everything, he just he didn't play very well, or he just did some strange things positionally where he was you know caught out with uh, you know long kicks and stuff. So I'd like to see Jared Hayne uh, take a rest, and you know, mainly of course you know they'd love to run some more tries in as well. Be interesting, but uh, I think Manly will be far too strong. Glenn Stewart, hat trick, back to form. Oh, <laughs> whatever. And that is full time for episode 127. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, as you know, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. So hit that like button and be sure to share our posts as we put them up. Help us spread the word because um, it's going off. We cracked the 1500 mark um, fairly significantly, actually. I mean, it was probably uh, not long after the last episode came out. People so are catching on. They are catching on. It's great. And uh, iTunes, we've got a new review. This one comes from someone. By the name of Benji Marshall. <laughs> of course it does. You know, whether it's whether it's a real Benji or not, I mean who knows. But it's a great podcast, always entertaining, and it's something I look forward to every week. Glenn's profit like predictions about the Tigers always live up to their hype. Nate's love for Manly, however, can be irritating on a week to week basis, and sometimes I wonder how Glenn puts up with it. Great he, podcast though. Ten he, out he. of ten. Oh. Man after my own heart. That might be the real Benji. Sounds like a fucking legend. That sounds exactly like Benji would say. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, he was up, he was bigging up the Tigers. I mean, definitely. Um, fantasy. So thank you very much, Benji. And, um, you know, well, you know, go practice goal kicking. I mean, I appreciate your review, but, you know, I'm sure Glenn would agree your time could be better spent. Fantasy. Okay, in the big group now, Sherwood Scorpions. Troy's team. Killing it. Number one. And uh, the old Dane Laurie for PM, that dropped down to fifth. So the top ten wow. stands out to uh, Sherwood Scorpions, one. Cerberus, two. Toto's Terrors, three. Mighty Bulldogs, four. Dane Laurie for PM, 5. El Ducho's Dopers, 6. MC Willie Blocked, 7. Greendale Goblins, 8. Sea Eagle Assassins, 9. And Jolly Az, 10. Okay, and tipping. There's, the gap has been narrowed on top. Now the real Jedi is still on top, but it's only 3 points now. So uh, he got in round 15, he got 2 right out of... Well, that's probably five NRL games and one Origin game. So, yeah, not great, not great. Um, but uh, we've got Voodoo Rock in second, three points behind on 86. And then on 85, we have a big jam of Desi's Ducks, Lynn, Williams 277, Animal NZ, Boxcard Jason, Troy Schroeder. That takes us up to eighth. Ninth, Aussie 11198 on 83, two points back. And one point back, we have Chop Chop Bug Eye. Uh, who just stormed into contention with seven right last week, which is certainly the biggest score in the top ten. And we have our Dougie, Queels, and Bendham like Fooey Fooey also on 82 as well. 
And of course, hit the shop. We have some stock with Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up this week in league.com forward slash shop. We're clearing out the Revelation shirts, 20 bucks a piece. And if you spend over 50 bucks, we throw in a stubby cooler for free. So Tigers in decline. The process has actually, actually started. Just trying to get the design sorted out. And it's just, you know, trying to encapsulate Tigers in decline in like... Mate, in, in by a the picture, time you get the shirt done, we're going to be like... In the finals, on our way to winning the comp, and your shirts are going to be fucking See, null and void, mate. You say you, you say this, but the fact of the matter, I mean, it's it's mathematically quite simple. At the moment, Tigers fourteenth place. Last year, which was a terrible year for the Tigers, just quietly between you and me, tenth place. So at this point, four places declined. So the Tigers are still well and truly in decline, and it's going to take more than one one fucking win to reverse that. Uh, let's see where they. Hey, one win. I, I agree. It is going to take more than one win, but uh, you know, when we put ten or fourteen of them together, oh, just saying. Know, there's you know, there's not there's not fourteen games. Just to, saying, to, you, you know, can take your shirts and you can bash them up your ass. That's what you can do. <laughs> well, there's still going to be a hot seller because the Tigers are always going to be in decline. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But yeah, um, I I dare say that before the next episode goes live. I dare say there's going to be something uh, published on Twitter for feedback, probably by the end of this week. I dare say, so uh, I'll send it to you first. You'll reply and say, "Bash it up your ass, it's fucked," and yep. then I'll put it on Twitter, <laughs> and then I'll be like, "Oh, fucking, I'll have ten. <laughs> <laughs> it is probably somewhere along the lines as to how that will play out. All right, so that's all we got time for for this week. Excellent. So uh, bash your shirts and your ass, and go the Tigers. <laughs> go Sharkies. Go Manly.